You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. It's 4 till. This is America in the Morning. Correspondent Douglas Hyde has details on a new Netflix series in your Hollywood Minute. Netflix has unveiled plans for a six-part drama about former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick. Colin in black and white will focus on his early years as a black child adopted by a white family. Emmy-winning director Ava DuVernay is producing the series, which will be narrated by Kaepernick. The athlete-turned-activist famously took a knee during the national anthem to protest racial injustice and has been out of the league since 2017. A new teaser trailer shows Jennifer Hudson taking care of business as Aretha Franklin. The late Queen of Soul handpicked Hudson to play her in the upcoming biopic Respect. The movie debuts in December and traces Franklin's rise to the top and her role in the civil rights struggle. It's official. The bright lights of Broadway are out for the rest of the year. The Broadway League announced that all productions will remain closed at least through January. The Big Apple's theater community promises they will be back, though, and have so many more stories to tell. In Hollywood, I'm Douglas Hyde. It's three before the hour. A penny saved is a penny earned, but a penny spent may put you on a mechanical horse while they last. Correspondent Stephen Kaufman explains. What's so special about penny horses? Well, to be honest with you, we didn't realize how special penny horses were. Eddie Bennett owns Roundup Music in Sterling, Colorado. And until recently, his company provided mechanical horses for children costing just a penny to ride. For the past 73 years, the horses thrilled youngsters inside the stores of Colorado's King Supers grocery store chain. However, with the arrival of the coronavirus pandemic, King Supers sent all the penny ponies packing. In the case that they decide that they do not want them back in the stores, we're going to have to find relocation for them. The worst case scenario. If we can't find relocation to other stores, Ultimately, we're just going to have to sell them off. Selling off the machines would break his heart. We've gotten so many stories. Some people have developed their love for horses early on when they were kids riding those penny horses. So it's been really cool. Bennett doesn't want today's children to lose the opportunity to ride the same mechanical horses that their parents and grandparents once rode and still costing only a penny. I hate to think that these things will sit in a warehouse or not be out where the kids can be enjoying them. And now King Supers is feeling pressure from longtime customers to eventually bring the ponies back. I'm Stephen Kaufman. Perhaps the mechanical horse was never meant to be for long. This is America in the Morning for July 1st, 2020. Our senior producer is Kevin Delaney. Our show produced by Tom DeLac. I'm John Trout, Westwood One News. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. 
Feedthepig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. The news you want to know. Attorney General. He lied to Congress. Chicken bar should have shown up today. You slandered this man. Circus political stunt. KPEL FM. Brobridge Lafayette. The could get a lot worse. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. That's what White House Coronavirus Task Force Dr. Anthony Fauci told a Senate hearing. I would not be surprised if we go up to 100,000 a day if this does not turn around. So today the vice president will go to the one of the states being hit hardest in a surge in the south and west. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Vice President Mike Pence is heading to Arizona, which is seeing a rise in cases and hospitalizations. Pence is set to meet with Republican Governor Doug Ducey in Phoenix, telling reporters yesterday. We are uh, working with governors uh, and state health officials in all of the states that are impacted. Saying the state is going in the wrong direction, Governor Ducey ordered the closure of bars, gyms, movie theaters, nightclubs, and water parks for 30 days in an effort to combat the surge in coronavirus cases. Dave? Uh, Rachel, Joe Biden calls the Trump response a failure. The president gives no direction, and he pits us against one another. We can't continue like this. The president's Democratic challenger also reacted to intelligence reports the White House says are not verified about Russia paying the Taliban to kill U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. And if he was briefed and nothing was done about this, that's a dereliction of duty. Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany says the president has been briefed now, pushing back on reports that he was given the info late last year and this year as well. To the anonymous sources who leak classified information, you should know this. You may seek to undermine our president, but in fact, you undermine our country's safety and our country's security. Garrett Rolfe is out of jail. He's the fired Atlanta police officer charged with murder for shooting Rayshard Brooks, who had resisted arrest. Brooks' widow, Tamika Miller, urged the judge not to grant bond. Able to handle it. An F-16 fighter jet crashed last night in South Carolina. The pilot was killed. And America's listening to Fox News. What's the most important factor for determining a coin's value? Rarity. And now, the COVID-19 pandemic has resulted in the creation of a modern rarity. When the West Point Mint was shut down due to health concerns, 240,000 emergency production 2020 American Eagle silver dollars were minted in Philadelphia for 13 days only. And that makes these coins with the P-Mint attribution the second rarest coin in the entire American Eagle Bullion Coin Series. This extraordinary coin is now available, but only for a limited time. Just call government.com at 1-800-520-6468. To learn more about these emergency production 2020 American Eagle silver dollar coins, call 1-800-520-6468. Call now and you'll receive a free American Coin Collector's bonus package, a $10 value free with every order. Call 1-800-520-6468 now to secure your Philadelphia Mint 2020 American Eagle silver dollar coins before they sell out. That's 1-800-520-6468. One thing that is used to try to contain this coronavirus outbreak is contact tracing. 
White House Task Force Dr. Anthony Fauci calls it critical, but says it is not going well since not everyone is wanting to participate. It is also something scammers have tried to take advantage of. Contact tracing has become a thing in this pandemic used to try and track down people who might have been exposed to other people who have confirmed cases of COVID-19. Contract tracing scams are also now a thing. The U.S. Department of Justice, Health and Human Services, and Federal Trade Commission are all warning consumers about fake contact tracers getting hold of Americans and trying to get both money and personal information out of them. If one of these contact tracers starts asking you for things like your social security number or bank and credit card information, stop right there. The Department of Justice calls this a rapidly evolving problem. John Saucier, Fox News. What's normally spring training? starts today as summer camp for major league baseball players will show up spend three weeks getting ready for what will only be a 60 game season but anyone who doesn't make a major league team won't have anywhere to play in a statement tuesday minor league baseball confirmed that major league baseball won't be providing affiliated teams with players for the 2020 season effectively canceling things this year minor league ceo pat o'connor adding quote while this is a sad day for many this announcement removes the uncertainty surrounding the 2020 season and allows our teams to begin planning for the 2021 season of affordable family entertainment. Some ball clubs had looked into other lines of revenue during this COVID-19 pandemic, like running out their facilities as Airbnbs. Minor league players do still have a chance to make the expanded 60-player pool for each major league ball club. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are falling down more than 200 for the Dow as markets also drop overseas. The day after a rally ended a quarter that saw big gains. It was the best quarter for the Dow in 33 years, up 17%. The Nasdaq surged 30% April through June. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. It's a brand new month, July 1st, 2020. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update. Louisiana added just over 1,000 new COVID-19 cases yesterday with another large jump in total hospitalizations. That number up by 44 to 781. The total number of cases now sits at over 58,000, but of them, over 42,000 have recovered, according to this week's estimate from the Louisiana Department of Health. Governor John Bell Edwards' next COVID-19 press briefing is this afternoon, and Edwards says he's looking for more compliance from businesses. Assistant State Health Officer Dr. Joseph Cantor says the governor would rather see everyone do more when it comes to spread mitigation, then return to phase one coronavirus restrictions. According to the state health department, only 59% of those who tested positive from COVID-19 have responded to phone calls from contact tracers. Anyone in Louisiana planning to travel to New York or New Jersey for the 4th of July weekend may have to change their plans. Both states now requiring travelers from a number of states, including Louisiana, to self-quarantine for 14 days upon entry. New York and New Jersey were early epicenters of the pandemic and have since seen cases dramatically decrease. State health officials say they don't want travelers from other growing hotspots to undo the progress they've made. Joshua Rito of SCOD is now behind bars after investigators with the St. Martin Parish Sheriff's Office looked into allegations of suspected carnal knowledge of a juvenile. Major Jenny Higgins says Rito faces two counts of the felony crime. Investigators received the first allegation in February, then learned of a second suspected victim. No bot has been said as Rito sits in the St. Martin Parish Jail. The special session is over in Baton Rouge, and many tort reform advocates are celebrating a deal cut in the final hours of the session yesterday. 
That led to the passage of a reform bill that supporters say will lower auto insurance rates in the state of Louisiana. The bill sets the jury trial threshold at $10,000, limits when an insurance company's name can be mentioned in court, and removes a ban on mentioning a crash victim's seatbelt status. Evangeline Parish Senator Heather Cloud celebrated the bill's passage, saying it would help fix the ongoing crisis in commercial auto insurance markets. Also on the final day of the session, the legislature approved a $34 billion budget. Matt Doyle has more and the governor's reaction. Governor Edwards noted the budget for the fiscal year starting today was saved by federal CARES Act money, but still had to include some unfortunate cuts to higher education and health care. He celebrated an earlier passage of $250 checks that will go out to essential workers and bemoan the legislature's decision to pause scheduled pay raises for state workers. He also raised some concerns about a series of business tax cuts that passed. Well, you can appreciate the fact that people want to give some help to specific businesses and so forth, but at the same time, they have to understand that those are tax expenditures i'm matt doyle senator bill cassidy says he expects another federal stimulus package to be passed sometime in late july cassidy aims to have cares 4.0 focus on covering the estimated 500 billion dollars of lost revenue for local governments nationwide he says the cancellation of spring festivals in south louisiana has already left a mark the 500 billion dollars includes funds already lost and estimated losses moving forward into 2021. Orleans and Jefferson Parish have issued mandatory mask wearing ordinances for those visiting parish businesses. Jefferson Parish President Lee Shang says the proclamation takes effect today and is the only way the parish will be able to move into phase three. Shang said the parish is still working out the details of how it could be enforced and what punishments would be handed out to businesses in violation. Caddo Parish DA James Stewart announced a grand jury has returned an indictment against eight Shreveport police officers fired for allegedly using excessive force against two men back in January. Stewart says each officer facing one count of malfeasance in office. A written report from Stewart's office says that dash cam video from a Caddo Parish Sheriff's deputy vehicle shows the eight Shreveport officers physically striking two individuals at the end of a police chase. And finally, legislation blocking civil lawsuits against schools for potential COVID-19 outbreaks this fall. It also got final legislative approval. The governor says he intends to sign it. New Orleans Pelicans Executive Vice President David Griffin says that three Pelicans players tested positive for COVID-19 last week. The unidentified players are in self-isolation and are apparently being tested daily. They need to have two negative tests before they can play. The 22 NBA teams that will resume their season in Orlando must turn in a roster by the end of the day today. Griffin does not expect any Pelicans player not to play. And finally, ESPN announced that former LSU defensive lineman Marcus Spears will appear daily on NFL Live when the network's relaunch of the show happens in August. The sports network also says the new multi-year deal contains an ESPN extension. The Baton Rouge native says it's a, quote, pinch myself moment to talk to the NFL five days a week. And to recap the COVID-19 news, Louisiana reporting an additional 1,000 new coronavirus cases on Tuesday as hospitalizations and deaths also continue to rise. Jeff Palermo has this story. The total number of COVID-19 cases has surpassed 58,000. And the state health department says hospitalizations rose by 44 to 781, the highest it's been since late May. The state is also reporting 23 more deaths to bring the death toll to 3,113. Governor Edwards will have a COVID-19 press briefing on Wednesday. And Assistant State Health Officer Dr. Joseph Cantor says he's concerned, protect 
specifically looking ahead to the 4th of July weekend where you can expect folks to be out. I'm Jeff Palermo. Hot and hazy out there for your Wednesday afternoon. We're going to see that dust return to Acadiana. Not quite as thick as it was last week, but there'll still be a noticeable haze in the skies out there today. Temperatures get up to around 93 degrees a little later on this afternoon with a heat index that's going to be sitting well into the triple digits by about lunchtime and staying there throughout the majority of the day today. Overnight lows sit in the upper 70s. We've got another hot day coming up for tomorrow. Rain chances returning to Acadiana on Friday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Acadiana's Morning News is brought to you in part by the Positive Coaching Alliance. Questions about youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit organization, develops better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. More information can be found at positivecoach.org. News Talk 96.5, KPL. right now, traffic. And just one incident to pass along to you. Something's going on at the intersection of the Thruway and the Vero School Road. That incident right there it was reported as a traffic crash earlier. Now looking like just a little bit of a delay. If you have to go through that area, try to avoid it. Uh, if you see anything out there or if you have an update, you can give us a call. 232-1542. That's 232-1542-612 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Now at News Talk 96.5 KPL, it's a brand new month, July 1st, 2020, and I appreciate you for waking up with me this morning. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk to District 48 Representative Bo Boyer, representing Iberia Parish, and uh, what kind of what what is the TikTok? I look, I know, I know the word TikTok is used a lot to describe, you know, the app where people set up a phone and they they just dance to themselves, but uh, a TikTok in my world is how did this happen? How did we get all the way up into the last couple hours of uh, the special session to get a deal on tort reform? What does it look like? Is it enough? We're going to ask Bo Boye. Also, $34 billion budget passed yesterday. Uh, also, on the last day of the special session, things tend to happen this way in the state of Louisiana. Not everywhere that I've covered legislatures, but here we are. So we're going to talk to Bo Boye coming up on the show. Also, there's another survey that's out. And it really puts you in the driver's seat to interview the next um, police chief here in Lafayette. Okay, if you were to be sitting down and you were to be doing the interview, what are some of the questions you would ask? Our friends over at The Current are have this questionnaire up on their website. So we're going to talk to Christian Mater coming up on the show. Also, um, it's Winging It Wednesday and Joe Cunningham is going to join us. What's going on with Biden? We are going to break down that speech yesterday. We'll even play a couple clips from it. Um, you know, there were a, a bunch of people who, you know, kind of watched this and said it was rambling and sort of wondered which direction it was going. Um, at the very end, though, the last question was a question about his health, about, you know, is he being tested for symptoms of dementia, different things like that. So, We'll talk to Joe Cunningham about that. Also, the COVID-19 response. And, of course, the legislature. I'm sure Joe will have some thoughts on that. It's a big show on your Wednesday to kick off the month of July. Big holiday weekend is coming up. And it looks like uh, just some rain Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
Um, not too much, though. Not enough to ruin your whole weekend. So we'll catch you up with all that and more coming up on the show. You're listening to Acadiana's Morning News, streaming live now at kpal965.com and in the palm of your hand with the free KPL News app. Get that thing before the holiday weekend, especially if you're headed out on the roads of Acadiana to make sure you're up to date with exactly what's going on. All that brought to you by our friends at Acadiana Restaurant Supply, Bo Boye, representative from District 48, is waiting in the wings. We're going to talk to him next on Acadiana's Morning News. The place where all opinions are welcome, every color gets through, and people on all sides of the issue can hash it out. And if you don't think you have a voice, you're wrong. It can be heard now by calling 232-1542. That's 232-1542. 620 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. And yesterday's special session ended. A total of 90 days of session. And his first one is now in the books. District 48 representative Bo Boye joins us on the phone now. Good morning to you, Bo. How are you? Good morning, Rob. Thank you for having me. I'm 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 well. Okay. Now that everything's uh, for the most part over. All right. So you wrapped up. We obviously went into a special session, probably in large part because of the COVID nineteen outbreak. It it kept you guys away from the Capitol. However, I know work was going on throughout that time, but it did make for for you know a very interesting time, especially for your first session. So. Kind of sum it up for me. Where are we, and especially where are we on some of the biggest things that you campaigned on? Yeah, Rob, I appreciate uh, the follow-up. You know, and one thing, you know, there was a, a lot of people who didn't want us to go to Baton Rouge uh, because because of COVID. Uh, but, you know, we got elected to serve the people back home, and they sent us there. Um, and uh, we, we all thought that it was the, the duty of, the, of our people and our constituents to go there and, and, and do their work. Um, but uh, we, we had some successes. We had some lessons learned. Uh, and for us new freshmen, it was, you know, you know being fed with a fire hose. Uh, but, uh, but it was good, and it, it moved well. Uh, some of the stuff that I had campaigned on, and I talked in specifically uh, on, on y'all's radio show, uh, that we had some very, very big successes are on. Uh, we had some ITEP legislation that made it through the process. Uh, where we are able to stream for those parishes that want to be aggressive with economic development. Uh, we were successful in streamlining, streamlining the industrial tax exemption program, uh, where we can have ITEP ready parishes where businesses don't have to go through the red tape and we're taking, we're taking our, you know, governments for out of picking winners and losers. And, uh, you know, I said it campaigning. I think I talked to y'all on a follow up interview mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to be effective in getting that legislation through. Uh, another uh, huge bill that I worked on and was, was successful and eventually signed by the governor, which will be on uh, the fall ballot as a constitutional amendment where we are going to limit the growth in government from year to year by revising the formula with which our expenditure limit is, cre- is calculated. Uh, this is something that's been tried and tried uh, before, um, and uh, we put an a, aggressive plan together. Uh, to to significantly limit the growth in government from year to year, uh, we were able to get some bipartisan support on it, and uh, the voters will get to make the final decision this fall 
whether or not they want to limit the growth in government from year to year and put a more reasonable uh, foundation uh, in, in place. And so those were the we, we ended up dropping some bills just because it wasn't as important as you know with with COVID and all. Those were the two main bills that, that I pushed. Had another one that I worked on with Senator Heather Cloud. Uh, I abandoned my bill and and, and tagged tagged up with her uh, on providing some uh, education, some information to high school students on what the top jobs were available to high school students so that they can start to prepare and whether they want to go to a technical college or a community college or a four-year college, but it'll let them know uh, what the top paying jobs are out there, what the cost of those that education might be, and so that they, they and their families can sit down and make good decisions for their future and especially with related to COVID, i think this is going to be very important we yeah. could have some some new career fields come out of this and uh by working with the workforce development and with the department of education uh, i think i think we're going to end up with some some good information there all right so let's talk also, about, let, let me just ask you a question because i know and and i don't want to keep you too long this morning i know kind of in the the last few hours there was finally a deal on tort reform it does address some of the issues with the jury trial threshold. It gets it down to 10,000. Um, tell me a little bit about how that debate went, because uh, obviously there are a lot of people back home who said, you know, this isn't enough. This, why did we make a deal with the governor? This isn't enough. It seems like it's going to get a signature. Um, and it was kind of the biggest thing we were talking about when this, the, the original, the actual legislative session actually started. So where are we now with it? So, yeah, so, uh we we passed tort reform at the last hour uh in the last couple of hours last night in the regular session we had passed a bill uh that i think uh, a lot of people uh, didn't completely like i think the bill that uh passed yesterday is much more uh, a move in the right direction we were excited to see the language that we saw yesterday um we we, had, we moved the jury threshold from fifty thousand down to ten thousand dollars we are removing the seatbelt gag order. And remember, these two issues were pretty much the, the two standalone issues over the last eight to 10 years. They, they were filing legislation to just get one of them passed and were unable to, to get them through. And yesterday we were able to get them plus more on, on, on all of the same bill. The other item uh, that was, was up for grabs was on direct action and whether or not uh, insurance companies could be named in the suit. And there was, there was a bit of a change there. So now the insurance company will, will like the, so the jury or, or, or the trial of fact will actually still know that there's insurance involved, but it will not be able to be brought up in the, um, in the court proceedings. Uh, and then the, the, the last thing was on, on collateral source. Um, and what, what collateral source for your listeners is, is that's the, the actual damages collected for the medical expenses and the formula or, or the lack of formula. In, in Louisiana's uh, case, we didn't have a, a formula to be able to use. It was basically the gross billings by the medical provider that would be used in the, um, in the, in the settlement. And we were able to get those down to the, to the actual cost. Uh, Once it's been uh, adjusted. Provide, yeah. Expensive, okay. and then there's a forty percent calculation on the savings that is also awarded. So that would cover all the the attorney fees uh, and, and 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 whatnot. So we're looking at as a huge success on, on on tort reform. It's it's a there's no one can say we're taking a step back. This is you know, many steps forward. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But uh, but I believe it's a stepping stone and a and a move way in the right direction. And uh, time will tell if it's if it's 
if it's enough, I'm sure there'll be some tweaking that we'll need to do in the future. Uh, but I think everyone uh, in the legislature felt that, that we moved the needle and made some significant, significant headway. So one of the criticisms of the original bill was that there was no requirement for insurance companies to lower their rates. So how will that happen? Do we just expect that the market's going to respond to these changes on the tort reform side? Or is there something dealing directly with premiums? So there's there's nothing in the bill that says, hey, there's a definite premium reduction. So there's, there's nothing that does that. We have basically listened to the, the underwriters and actuarial folks who have said that if you do these things, the premiums will, in, in, will reduce. You know, there was some difficulty with putting mandatory uh, putting premium reduction percentages in there. We only have a few people writing automobile insurance on the commercial side already in Louisiana. And if we put mandates, we may run them out. The, the biggest problem is we, around the country, we're known as a, a, the judi- judicial hellhole. And we're trying to remove that stigma, stigma so we get more insurance companies here. But there was no guarantee of percent decrease. And that was the argument with us is tell us, tell us, you know, how much money we're going to save to the penny. And look, Rob, I can't tell you how much premiums we're going to reduce it by, but I can tell you that if we had done nothing, we would have had zero reductions. So this is, I think, a, a, a good start, and we will see over the next couple of years uh, what, what kind of reductions we have. And if there are other things that we need to tweak and tort reform to continue moving the needle, you know, we'll, we'll, I have three more three more years left in my term, uh, and, and I'm going to fight to continue to reduce automobile insurance premiums uh, for the state and, and, and rid ourselves of frivolous lawsuits. All right, District 48 Representative Bo Boye, thanks for your time. It's uh. Always great to kind of get a summation of what things were after your first session. Obviously, it was a very unique one. The next one will probably be pretty boring. I mean, given that we don't have another pandemic, this one was a little bit odd. But anyway, we appreciate yeah, your well, time today. No, you're welcome. We'll probably be back in October to address budgetary needs. I'm sure. Uh, we, made a, we made a lot of headway there as well. And on, on the way capital outlay is handled, we, we, we redefine that this session. So there, there are a lot of positives that come out of it. But we, by all means, we still have a lot of work to do. All right. Thanks, Bo Boyer, joining us. It's 629 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. We'll get that interview for you up at KPL965.com here in just a few minutes. It's 6.30 now. Your headlines here at the bottom of the hour coming up. Leveraging the power of Fox News Radio to cover the big issues that matter to you. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Depend on it. Seven. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL965.com. And now making headlines around the nation. Thousands of restaurants in Washington, D.C. and Maryland may be impacted by the pandemic while they are closing one in four eateries forced to close as the pandemic picks up again. Here's Lindsay Watts. The Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington says 25 to even 30 percent of independently owned restaurants will be lost. Unfortunate because it's going to leave a lot of people out of work. It's a shame, but I mean, that's just the time for living in now. In Maryland, it's just as dire. For every restaurant that we hear about, we've got to remember there may be five, six or seven more that have closed quietly. Marshall Weston heads the restaurant association there. We are projecting that 25% of all of the restaurants in the state of Maryland are going to close permanently. That is anywhere between 2,700 and 3,000 just in Maryland alone. Virginia doesn't have any predictions yet, but restaurants are struggling. That was Lindsay Watts. Now, new information on a rare inflammatory syndrome affecting kids who may have been exposed to COVID-19. 
Well, it's out. And Boston Children's Hospital, who led one of the reports, found that nearly 200 children studied and 80% of them suffered from cardiovascular symptoms. Here's Julie Leonardi from Fox affiliate WFXT. Doctors here in Boston and across the country are urging parents to continue to be on high alert for this rare syndrome found in individuals under 21 years old. Multisystem inflammatory syndrome, or MISC, is found in patients eight years old on average after exposure to COVID-19. The children's immune system could overreact and inflame other systems in the body after exposure. Death is very uncommon, but many of them need a lot of support while in the intensive care unit. Dr. Adrienne Randolph led the study from Boston Children's. She says 186 children in this report were diagnosed with MISC from March 15th to May 20th. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci says if states don't contain the spread of the coronavirus, he won't be surprised to see as many as 100,000 new cases per day. The nation's top expert on infectious diseases said yesterday it could get very bad. The nation is currently adding about 40,000 new cases a day. Meanwhile, in California, Governor Gavin Newsom says he plans to add more coronavirus restrictions in time for the holiday weekend. Cases are surging in California, so Newsom said he plans to tighten things up ahead of the holiday. He didn't give any details, but said the new restrictions will be issued today. The advertising boycott against Facebook begins officially today with more than 400 companies taking part in the, quote, Stop Hate for Profit campaign. They've all promised not to advertise on Facebook during the month of July. Civil rights groups have accused the social media site of allowing hate speech and misinformation to spread across its platform. New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says the $1 billion budget cut to the New York Police Department doesn't go far enough. The first-term Democrat said in a statement on Tuesday, quote, defunding police means defunding police. That, as Mayor Bill de Blasio said, the New York City Council has finally reached a deal with his office to cut a billion dollars from the NYPD's $6 billion budget. A three-year-old girl is wounded after a shooting on Chicago's south side. Police say the little girl was playing outside her home last night when she was shot in the chest. She was rushed to the hospital in critical condition. She's since stabilized. Police are investigating, but they say they think the incident might be related to a shooting that happened nearby. Six Chicago children have been killed by gun violence in the past week. A federal judge is overturning a Trump administration asylum rule targeting Central Americans. A federal court last week upheld a challenge to the 2019 asylum restrictions that require immigrants to first claim asylum in another country. U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly of Washington, D.C. ruled in favor of asylum seekers and immigrant nonprofits who argued the third country asylum rule violated the Immigration and Nationality Act. The law allows anyone who makes it to U.S. soil to apply for asylum. Wall Street futures are down slightly after the market soared in its best quarter in decades. The S&P 500's gain of almost 20% was the broader market's best quarter in 22 years. The tech-heavy Nasdaq rang up a 30.6% gain for its best quarter since 1999. The White House now says President Trump has been briefed on the Russian bounty plot. Mike Bauer reports. 
The White House says the president has been briefed, but may not have been a year ago. The president was never briefed on this. Um, this intelligence still has not been verified. Now the Trump administration is facing growing pressure from Congress to divulge more information, like was President Trump briefed by then-National Security Advisor John Bolton personally in March of 2019? Initial intelligence was evidently compelling enough that the U.S. shared it to British counterparts, and with at least 20 American service members having been killed in Afghanistan since the start of 2019, their families want answers. Mike our NBC News Radio. You're up to date. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Temperatures are looking to get even hotter out there today. It's been a hot week so far and looks like we've got a little bit longer to go before we start to see some clouds and showers arriving, which could cool us down just a little bit. Highs today get up to around 93 degrees. Heat index is going to be sitting well into the triple digits. There's some dust out there yet again coming in from the Sahara, which means it's going to be a little hazy outside. Probably not as thick as it was last week, but again, a noticeable haze out in those skies later this afternoon. Overnight lows going to be sitting in the upper 70s. We've got another hot, dry day coming up for tomorrow. Scattered rain chance is going to be returning to the forecast on Friday with a front that's going to be stalling out basically just across Acadiana, which means that rain chances are going to stay elevated from Friday all the way through the weekend and even into early parts of next work week as well. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Nine. It is 6.38 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL, a brand new month, July 1st, 2020. And what about getting into the driver's seat, especially on something as important as interviewing the Lafayette police chief to come? Christian Mater joins us from The Current, and that's exactly what you guys are doing with a new form. It's available on your website, and you really get to ask the questions. Good morning. Tell us about it. Hey, Rob, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, the idea is really to give the, you know, the community at large some kind of voice in what will be a pretty big decision that impacts their lives, right? I mean, um, we expect that the mayor president at some point in the next month or so will, will, will appoint a new police chief. And while that's happening, right, America is having a pretty big conversation about the role of yeah, policing yeah. In, in American communities. So this is a pretty simple process, right? We have a survey up. Uh, on our website and we asked people to basically imagine they got to interview a candidate right and what would they want to know was important to that candidate what would they want to know that candidate was important to them and and you know finally what what, what are the major considerations that they think ought to be made in selecting a police chief you know we look at some of the things that have been successful in our own community the neighborhood walks and other things some of which you know, came into play during uh, Toby Aguilar's time as chief, uh, some by Reggie Thomas as well. What are you guys hearing, you know, kind of as this thing kicks off, some of the general themes you're hearing from people here? Yeah, sure. So we've we've had a, you know, we've, we've been out in public a little bit with it. And um, with about 100 responses so far, we've heard that people really do want community input on those exact kinds of things. So what I mean is, is they make reference to, for instance, the Community Relations Board, uh, which was uh, an instrument that I believe was set up by, by Reggie Thomas and certainly during the Aguilar period, right, which is just a way of giving the community direct uh, lines of communication to the police department, right? So what we do with that is um, you know, basically draft up what we would call an agenda. The project's called the community agenda. And we don't, we don't say, you know, police department, you need to have a community relations board, but we make note that the community wants 
to know what the police chief, what the police department, what the major decision makers are going to do to make sure that community involvement remains, right? Like that's yeah. the, the, the mechanism that we use with the survey. We've seen in some other areas, uh, one of the biggest criticisms is that, you know, and it's not even the officers themselves necessarily, but just the workload that they have to be social workers, they have to be security guards, mm-hmm. they have, I mean, so many different things, you know, sometimes mediators between two feuding lovers. I mean, you know, that it's just, it's the things we could write about, but a lot of it falls on this police department. How much of it is, is about focus and, and what the role is, you know, kind of from a 30,000 foot view. Yeah. uh, So, I mean, that's one of the essential questions that I think I, I hope to get out of public response, right? Which is what are the values in our community that need to be reflected in the way the police department works, right? So, so what you're referring to is sort of a larger conversation that we're seeing in other places where they're saying like, hey, you know, are we really using um, police departments in, this, in the best way? Are we putting too much work on their table? Well, that question really asks another one, which is what are police departments for, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and what are they supposed to do? I mean, I think we all generally agree that, you know, uh, keeping the peace is an essential function of that, but um, we can't really get to that next step of even understanding whether, hey, this we're doing this the right way or there are changes that ought to be made without a platform for discussion. And that the survey at the end of the day is really a platform for discussion about those very kinds of considerations. So you can go to the website, thecurrentla.com. That's the current's website. And there is a banner at the top. It says, what should policing look like in Lafayette? Tell us. Click on tell us and you can tell them what you think. I'll be looking forward to this story. Christian Mater from The Current, thanks so much for your time today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, it's 642. We're going to get that link up for you as well at kpal965.com along with our interview. And you know what? It's your chance to sound off. Nothing wrong with that. 643 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Quick look at some other topics in the KPL topic train just around the bend. You're listening to Acadiana's Morning News on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Millions have bailed from but is there an alternative? The answer is both yes and no. It's your Wednesday consumer tech update brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your data with the best encryption. Get an extra three months free at expressvpn.com slash cam. If you're done with Facebook, there's Instagram, but Instagram is owned by Facebook. There's Twitter, but it's bogged down by the same problems as Facebook, banning users and certain viewpoints and attracting terrorists, pedophiles, and worse. LinkedIn is a business platform. But lately, for some reason, people are posting family photos there. Parler is new. It's P-A-R-L-E-R. It's a hangout for some big-name Republicans who call it Twitter for conservatives. MeWe bills it as the anti-Facebook. It's growing fast. Now, here's the problem. Once any of them grow to a certain size, they can no longer be controlled, and they eventually become a victim of themselves. Out of control. I'm Kim Commando. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? One that's so complicated, you never use it. This is exactly the type of security system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. They believe that simple is safer, and that's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security for right now, when feeling safe at home has never been more important. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home's protected. No technician or salesperson has to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract. Their 24-7 professional monitoring and emergency dispatch starts at 50 cents a day. Plus, Simply Safe's video verification allows their professional monitors to see crimes in progress and pass that directly to the police when needed. Don't put this off. 
Head to simplysafekim.com and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafekim.com, simplysafekim.com. Here for you in times of uncertainty. Tracking coronavirus, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on this Town Square Media Station. Team you can rely on even on the darkest days. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. We're working for you on air, behind the scenes every single day. We're following a potential hazmat situation on I-10 this morning. As you get out and hit the road, Bernie's got the information you need to know. Your radio home for news and information for more than 60 years. You know, it's everything I need in the morning. News Talk 96.5. KPL. This is Fox on Justice. As the Supreme Court nears the end of its term, the pattern holds firm. Closely divided five to four rulings with Chief Justice John Roberts giving one side or the other the winning margin. On Monday, it was the liberal wing voiding a Louisiana law that restricted abortion, even though Roberts supported a nearly identical law in Texas. The chief coming down on the side of settled law, infuriating Louisiana Republican Senator John Kennedy. He flip-flopped like a bank catfish. Then on Tuesday, the court voted 5-4 to four to uphold a law in Montana that allows tax breaks for contributions to religious schools. The swing vote, the chief justice, who wrote the opinion. Roberts said states are not required to subsidize private education, but if they do, then religious schools must be included. The ruling is expected to lead to similar laws across the country, which could make it easier for parents to send their children to a religious school. With Fox on Justice, Hank Weinblum, Fox News. All right, everybody in in the car let's go what are we gonna do first when we get there mom go for a hike sure what about canoeing can we go canoeing too i don't see why how long does it take to get to the forest it's not that far sweetie <sighs> are we there yet yep we're here already it's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you brought to you by the ad council and the u.s forest service while many rose up with violence He sat down for peace. Mahatma Gandhi reached out with the strength he cultivated within his soul. So, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hey, it's Rob Kirkpatrick, and I want to tell you about a brand new feature at kpel965.com. Listen to every hour of every day of Acadiana's Morning News. Now, you need to just get up and listen to all the great interviews when they happen live. But maybe you're busy. Maybe you want to listen in your car in the afternoon. Go to kpel965.com, click on Listen Live, and then click Acadiana's Morning News. There, you'll find a podcast brought to you by LABI, Louisiana Association of Business and Industry. That's kpel965.com. So you head to the hospital, expecting a healthy new baby, and then 12 hours later, you're faced with planning a funeral. This is a real problem for some families in Acadiana, and Maddie's Footprints is here to help. Visit maddiesfootprints.org for more information. Maddie's works with area funeral homes and mental health providers to help families dealing with infant loss. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick, a Maddie's Footprints board member. And if you know someone in need, refer them to maddiesfootprints.org. That's maddiesfootprints.org. Here's your On This Date update for July 1st. The Battle of Gettysburg was begun today in 1863. Historians call it the most important battle of the Civil War. The Confederate invasion of the North ended three days later with more than 7,000 dead. On this date in 1963, the post office put its zonal improvement plan into effect. We still use it today. It's better known as the zip code. And the Susan B. Anthony dollar coin was put into circulation today in 1979. While it's still out there, it never really caught on. Born on this date, Diana, Princess of Wales. Actor Jamie Farr of MASH. 
Klinger! Sir! How dare you wear that hat while in uniform? It's spring, sir! Track star Carl Lewis and... We're on a mission from God. Comedian Dan Aykroyd. I'm Mitch Davis, and that's your On This Date Update. 6.52 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. And this portion of Acadiana's Morning News is brought to you by Service Chevrolet Cadillac. Oh, my gosh, guys. This week, Rob's Ride of the Week. It is coming soon to KPL965.com. It's 2018 Land Rover. The inside, um, it is it is like almost a white, like a creamy color white. Um, this one is just a beauty. It's uh, going to be up for you at KPL965.com here momentarily and that's not the only dream car that they have on the lot at the service chevrolet cadillac pre-owned center you can go see them all your dream car is waiting if you're ready to head on over to the other side of the dealership service cadillac kevin gahannon and his group of experts they know everything about these cars they are, are not just salespeople; they are experts to find you exactly what you're looking for maybe you're kind of confused there are some suvs there are some cars you need to go see them I drove the Cadillac CT5 last week, and it is unbelievable. The outside, uh, it is, you know, almost looks like European styling on the outside, and just just really great. Um, it is a brand you've come to know and love, a brand you've come to trust, and there's something for your budget, something for what you want, the features you want, it is all there. Don't forget, you can look at all of the cars in the inventory at Service Cadillac at Service gm.com or cadillac at service.com or go stop by and see them in person weather's going to be perfect today maybe a shower this afternoon but plenty time to go find your next car at service cadillac is 12 12 and 12 14 ambassador caffrey not far from i-10 in lafayette service gm.com lines are open call the show at 232-1542 232-1542 then listen live anytime with the free kpl news app free in the app store or google play Securing America. Will school bells ring for American students anytime soon? Dr. Anthony Fauci with the National Institutes of Health told a Senate committee, it depends. Recommending school superintendents study local infection data. Take a look at where you are in the particular uh, area of the so-called opening America again. Are you at the gateway, phase one, phase two, phase three? GOP Senator Rand Paul pressed for more information. We need to not be so presumptuous that we know everything. But my question to you is, can't you give us a little bit more on schools? Dr. Fauci said it's important for kids to go back to school as soon as safely possible and suggested school systems may want to look at modifying schedules. Alternate days, morning versus evening. Fauci said some school districts could also use online virtual learning where necessary. Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. Donald Trump's America. The president's press secretary took center stage on Tuesday with the president again out of the spotlight, attacking what the White House calls an unverified leak that became front page news. Kaylee McEnany said the Russian bounty story that landed on the New York Times front page, according to the director of national intelligence, disrupts the vital interagency work to collect, assess and mitigate threats and places our forces at risk. She also said that the media seems to be playing right into it, damaging and oftentimes erroneous leaks seeking to undermine or delegitimize the duly elected president have been published. 
According to the DOJ, classified leaks surged in this administration. For the White House, McEnany says the bottom line is... The front page of the New York Times is not the venue for discussing classified information. She says there is no intelligence consensus on the Russian bounty allegation. Grinnell Scott. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. Politico is reporting that some states have announced cuts to their Medicaid budgets because of the loss of tax revenue, which, of course, is due to the closing down the economy. Now, it's not the first time that states have cut Medicaid spending. It happened during the last economic slowdown. But experts warn this time it's going to be worse. Because under Obamacare, the number of people using Medicaid skyrocketed by millions. Now, that's not bad enough. There are millions of people newly out of work. A bunch of them are going to seek help for Medicaid just as the money is running out. Now, in the first coronavirus bailout legislation, Congress gave states a temporary 6% increase to cover Medicaid. But some states are crying and moaning it's not enough. They need more money. And they don't want chump change. They want billions and billions more. They want hundreds of billions. And they want it now. And the Democrats in Congress, of course, want them to have it now. So you might be asking, well, why don't the states cut their budgets in other areas if Medicaid's such a priority? Or you might ask, where are these billions of dollars supposed to come from? Well, you can ask all you want. There never will be an answer. States want more money, and we're supposed to come up with it. End of story. It's just apparently how it works now. Except for you. You want more money? <laughs> Screw you. You can't even go back to work yet, chump. Folks, it is once again my privilege to join Mahindra in honoring those who have so bravely served our country. It's time for the seventh annual Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. To celebrate our Independence Day, the 4th of July, we will randomly select one deserving service member to receive a new Mahindra 4540 four-wheel drive tractor. It's a real deal. Tough as nails. Compact utility tractor with an impressive loader and three-point lift capacities. So help us find a brave American to receive this rugged Mahindra. To nominate somebody who is active duty or a veteran of the military and to get official rules, visit RushLimbaugh.com and look for the Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. Thanks to Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. And God bless all of you who protect our freedom. Take advantage of rock bottom prices and great financing on new Mahindra subcompact, compact, or utility tractors or Mahindra utility vehicles. To find your dealer and test drive a Mahindra, please visit WhyMahindra.com. News Talk 96.5 KPEL Brobridge Lafayette Just another hoax I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News That's what President Trump just tweeted Calling the Russia bounty story made up Only to damage him his Democratic challenger, Joe Biden, says if the president, though, did know months ago... The department... The public should, unrelated to my running, conclude that this man isn't fit to be president of the United States of America. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave, the White House says President Trump has now been briefed on intelligence that Russia paid Taliban fighters to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan. The Trump administration denies the president was briefed earlier this year, as has been reported. National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien told Fox and Friends... 
if this information turned out to be true, and now we may never know, but if it turned out to be true, uh, we had options ready to go, and, and the president was ready to take strong okay. action, as he always and Democratic staffers are calling for a briefing from intelligence officials, not White House staffers, as soon as possible. Dave? Rachel, the president also tweeted his executive order to protect monuments and statutes. His statutes is in full force and in effect. The Department of Homeland Security is deploying a special unit across the country to protect federal monuments and statues from possible vandalism over the 4th of July. Fox News got hold of a memo from acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf that says this coming holiday weekend has the potential for increased disruptive activity. That's Fox's Jill Nato. That's from Portland, Oregon last night. Many protesters calling for police to be defunded. And in New York, the city council will cut the NYPD's budget by nearly a billion dollars. In Atlanta, the fired officer charged with murder in the Rayshard Brooks shooting has been set free on bond. Vice President Pence will go to Arizona today, one of the hardest hit states in the recent coronavirus surge. That the, the governor closing bars and gyms and theaters. Wash your hands. Practice good hygiene. And wear a mask. America's listening to Fox News. What's the most important factor for determining a coin's value? Rarity. And now, the COVID-19 pandemic has resulted in the creation of a modern rarity. When the West Point Mint was shut down due to health concerns, 240,000 emergency production 2020 American Eagle silver dollars were minted in Philadelphia for 13 days only. And that makes these coins with the P-Mint attribution the second rarest coin in the entire American Eagle bullion coin series. This extraordinary coin is now available, but only for a limited time. Just call government.com at 1-800-520-6468. To learn more about these emergency production 2020 American Eagle silver dollar coins, call 1-800-520-6468. Call now and you'll receive a free American Coin Collector's bonus package, a $10 value free with every order. Call 1-800-520-6468 now to secure your Philadelphia Mint 2020 American Eagle silver dollar coins before they sell out. That's 1-800-520-6468. Britain says China is violating the agreement that turned Hong Kong over to Chinese rule 23 years ago, with that new security law now in place and enforced for the first time. Hong Kong police arresting at least two protesters for carrying flags and signs calling for the city's independence. The suspects are among the first to be arrested under a controversial new security law imposed by China's central government in Beijing. Serious offenders can be jailed for life. The US and Britain see the law as a crackdown on free speech in China's freest city. China says it's about restoring stability after months of anti-government protests. Simon Owen, Fox News. It's official in Mississippi. The state flag that's flown since 1894 is going to go away. Republican Governor Tate Reeves signed a bill to scrap the flag, which contained the Confederate battle emblem. This is not a political moment to me, but a solemn occasion to lead our Mississippi family to come together. The flag had survived a 2001 vote with a majority of state residents then saying the design embraced Southern heritage. But with racial tensions bubbling in the country, there was a renewed desire for change. Reeves said changing flags is different than tearing down monuments. A monument acknowledges and honors our past. A flag is a symbol of our present. Rob Dawson, Fox News. Voters will approve the new flag design with one requirement. It must include the words, in God we trust. 
Congress is still considering more financial aid for Americans in the corona crisis. Last night, by unanimous consent, the Senate approved extending an expiring deadline for small businesses to apply for loans until August 8th. On Wall Street, a sell-off could be in store. Dow futures down more than 200 points. After the best quarter for the Dow in 33 years, it surged 17% April through June. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. It's a brand new month, July 1st, 2020. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update. Louisiana added just over 1,000 new COVID-19 cases yesterday with another large jump in total hospitalizations. That number up by 44 to 781. The total number of cases now sits at over 58,000, but of them, over 42,000 have recovered, according to this week's estimate from the Louisiana Department of Health. Governor John Bell Edwards' next COVID-19 press briefing is this afternoon, and Edwards says he's looking for more compliance from businesses. Assistant State Health Officer Dr. Joseph Cantor says the governor would rather see everyone do more when it comes to spread mitigation than return to Phase 1 coronavirus restrictions. According to the state health department, only 59% of those who tested positive from COVID-19 have responded to phone calls from contact tracers. Anyone in Louisiana planning to travel to New York or New Jersey for the 4th of July weekend may have to change their plans. Both states now requiring travelers from a number of states, including Louisiana, to self-quarantine for 14 days upon entry. New York and New Jersey were early epicenters of the pandemic and have since seen cases dramatically decrease. State health officials say they don't want travelers from other growing hotspots to undo the progress they've made. Joshua Rito of SCOD is now behind bars after investigators with the St. Martin Parish Sheriff's Office looked into allegations of suspected carnal knowledge of a juvenile. Major Jenny Higgins says Rito faces two counts of the felony crime. Investigators received the first allegation in February, then learned of a second suspected victim. No bot has been said as Rito sits in the St. Martin Parish Jail. The special session is over in Baton Rouge and many tort reform advocates are celebrating a deal cut in the final hours of the session yesterday. That led to the passage of a reform bill that supporters say will lower auto insurance rates in the state of Louisiana. The bill sets the jury trial threshold at $10,000, limits when an insurance company's name can be mentioned in court, and removes a ban on mentioning a crash victim's seatbelt status. Evangeline Parish Senator Heather Cloud celebrated the bill's passage, saying it would help fix the ongoing crisis in commercial auto insurance markets. Also on the final day of the session, the legislature approved a $34 billion budget. Matt Doyle has more than the governor's reaction. Governor Edwards noted the budget for the fiscal year starting today was saved by Federal CARES Act money, but still had to include some unfortunate cuts to higher education and health care. He celebrated an earlier passage of $250 checks that will go out to essential workers and bemoan the legislature's decision to pause scheduled pay raises for state workers. He also raised some concerns about a series of business tax cuts that passed. Well, you can appreciate the fact that people want to give some help to specific businesses and so forth, but at the same time, they have to understand that those are tax expenditures. I'm Matt Doyle. Senator Bill Cassidy says he expects another federal stimulus package to be passed sometime in late July. Cassidy aims to have CARES 4.0 focus on covering the estimated $500 billion of lost revenue for local governments nationwide. He says the cancellation of spring festivals in South Louisiana has already left a mark. The $500 billion includes funds already lost and estimated losses moving forward into 2021. Orleans and Jefferson Parish have issued mandatory mask-wearing ordinances for those visiting parish businesses. 
Jefferson Parish President Lee Sheng says the proclamation takes effect today and is the only way the parish will be able to move into phase three. Sheng said the parish is still working out the details of how it could be enforced and what punishments would be handed out to businesses in violation. Caddo Parish DA James Stewart announced a grand jury has returned an indictment against eight Shreveport police officers fired for allegedly using excessive force against two men back in January. Stewart says each officer facing one count of malfeasance in office. A written report from Stewart's office says that dash cam video from a Caddo Parish Sheriff's deputy vehicle shows the eight Shreveport officers physically striking two individuals at the end of a police chase. And finally, legislation blocking civil lawsuits against schools for potential COVID-19 outbreaks this fall. It also got final legislative approval. The governor says he intends to sign it. New Orleans Pelicans Executive Vice President David Griffin says that three Pelicans players tested positive for COVID-19 last week. The unidentified players are in self-isolation and are apparently being tested daily. They need to have two negative tests before they can play. The 22 NBA teams that will resume their season in Orlando must turn in a roster by the end of the day today. Griffin does not expect any Pelicans player not to play. And finally, ESPN announced that former LSU defensive lineman Marcus Spears will appear daily on NFL Live when the network's relaunch of the show happens in August. The Sports Network also says the new multi-year deal contains an ESPN extension. The Baton Rouge native says it's a, quote, pinch myself moment to talk to the NFL five days a week. And to recap the COVID-19 news, Louisiana reporting an additional 1,000 new coronavirus cases on Tuesday as hospitalizations and deaths also continue to rise. Jeff Palermo has this story. The total number of COVID-19 cases has surpassed 58,000, and the state health department says hospitalizations rose by 44 to 781, the highest it's been since late May. The state is also reporting 23 more deaths to bring the death toll to 3,113. Governor Edwards will have a COVID-19 press briefing on Wednesday, and Assistant State Health Officer Dr. Joseph Cantor says he's concerned, protect looking ahead to the 4th of July weekend where you can expect folks to be out. I'm Jeff Palermo. Hot and hazy out there for your Wednesday afternoon. We're going to see that dust return to Acadiana. Not quite as thick as it was last week, but there'll still be a noticeable haze in the skies out there today. Temperatures get up to around 93 degrees a little later on this afternoon with a heat index that's going to be sitting well into the triple digits by about lunchtime and staying there throughout the majority of the day today. Overnight lows sit in the upper 70s. We've got another hot day coming up for tomorrow. Rain chances returning to Acadiana on Friday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KGC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. This update brought to you by Albertsons. Albertsons, reserving 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays for senior citizens, pregnant women, and those with compromised immune systems to shop safely. Thank you for your patience and support. Again, that's today and Thursday at Albertsons, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, it's spiritual. Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison.
Allison. Wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Wednesday, it is 7.15, and the one, the only Joe Cunningham joins us in studio. Good morning to you, sir. I still love y'all soundtrack so much. You I know what? You're bummed. Something about Motown just gets me going in the morning. Anyway, who knows? How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm very excited to actually be back in the studio with you. It, it's been it's been far too long. Yes. I like the beard. I saw Caleb Morse bragging about getting you to grow a beard it's, on Facebook. Um, he's He has made me commit to 80 days. Okay. And I am on day... Probably about thirteen or 14. okay. That's not bad so we'll for see. a thirteen. We day. have we have peaked in the uncomfortable phase, but the bourbon. I, I don't want to say flavored because you don't eat it. I mean mm. bourbon scented. Yeah, beard oil is great. It's I, fun. You know, people. I, I think I think people don't realize, especially you know, guys that grow beards. I don't think they realize just how much of a difference that makes, which is. Very important if you're trying to grow a beard, and, and it's it's vital that you take care of it. And from someone who has a very great beard. And I've actually had to trim this one back, and it, it's it's terrible when it gets too long for yeah. me, because if you try to then trim it back, because eventually I start very, you know, the the old depictions of like the monks, the monks who are bald <laughs> with the yes. wild beards? Yes. That's what it'll turn into. Okay. But if you don't take care of it properly, if I trim it down, it's it, it even gets its own split ends, and with beard, which is coarse, Hair, it, mm-hmm. it like it'll poke you. It'll get stuck in shirts. Yeah. So you have to take care of it, guys. Okay. So I'm I'm trying, but Caleb uh, is helping me out. Okay. So we have a bunch of things I want to talk about. Let's start with the legislature. All right. Um, last hour we talked to Bo Boye, District 48 representative out of mm-hmm. Iberia Parish. Um, gave me some insight about tort reform. It wasn't, you know, it kind of I guess it kind of surprised me that that wasn't the first thing that he yeah. talked about because, you know, back in. I guess, was it like maybe February mm-hmm. when we went over to Baton Rouge? There was kind of the big kickoff. I don't know if it was like a, a reception event that kind of happened. Lobby puts it on every year. And uh, we talked to so many people. They're like, tour reform is it. This is the year. This is the year. Yeah, it's it's definitely the issue that they get elected. on the, the Republican majorities we have in the legislature, um, that was the campaign issue. That's what got them into office was tour reform. And so I can kind of understand a bit of the hesitation. Like, hey, we promised you all this. We didn't get it. In the first go, to get the jury trial threshold adjusted is a win for the state. That Ten, does yes, it's ten thousand dollars from fifty. Yes, that that puts us more in line with the rest of the country. That now I think puts Maryland at the number one spot with fifteen. So again, Maryland was number two at fifteen thousand. We were you know number one with fifty thousand. That is one heck of a jump and and one big adjustment that does help the legal culture here in the state. Mm-hmm. Now. As he said, this is not guaranteed to lower rates. We knew that from the get-go. And one of the big things that, that has to be understood here, and it's why I advocated a piecemeal approach rather than a big omnibus uh, approach, was that you could negotiate 
these things. Okay, we don't like this idea. We'll take this idea, that, and, and that back and forth. And you get bits and pieces passed. Edwards vetoes what he wants, negotiates to get the victories that you can. You move the ball down the field incrementally. This is moving the ball down the field incrementally. The big thing here is how will the big insurance companies react to it? Because the big insurance companies are not the ones who are actually pushing for this and the say, yeah, they want the business in the state of Louisiana. But let's be honest, most of them already have the 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 uh, insurance agencies here. They already have some business here. The commercial stuff would be a nice contract for them, mm-hmm. but but they already have enough assets in Louisiana that whether or not tort reform passes is is not something they're concerned about. It's the independent agents who have been big on this, who have been pushing it. And it's the important thing to know why it's so important to talk about the independent agents is because they are pushing for reforms that would hurt their income. Mm-hmm. If you reduce premiums, you are reducing the money that goes in. I think that's why people don't know in. about it. I yeah. think that's why people don't realize because why would you bet against yourself? Exactly. And 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 so it, it doesn't come across – like that kind of frazzles the mind a little bit. These are the people you walk into your neighborhood insurance agent, whoever it is, whether it's an independent agent – whether it's a, a, an agent who is contracted with a bigger company, the bigger company's name is on the sign, but it's somebody you know from the community. Yeah, Those agents are the ones who are like, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to, It's the right thing for our customers. Our customers cannot afford to pay 12, uh, you know, you know, however much per year per car is a high, one of the highest, if not the highest in the nation. Our customers cannot have this. I think that number is 55% higher. Yes. I mean, that's crazy. And what you do is... And essentially, we've talked about this with other issues before. You put it out of reach. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's like, oh, yeah, we'll insure you. You know, what what if I want to insure my car, but you tell me it's $20,000 a year? Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to Uber. You know, I mean, like, I don't need a car because you really are. You're putting it. It's you can pretty much say you can't get coverage. Right. And so I I know that uh, when y'all were broadcasting from the lobby uh, convention, that y'all talked with Jeff Albright. Jeff Albright is an amazing resource to talk to about this. He is so, and when I was writing about it, I would contact him. Uh, you know, the, the independent insurance agents of Louisiana, uh, those guys, they focus on what is good for the insurance climate in the state. And in the short term, it hurts their business because you are reducing premiums. You're reducing the money that these independent agents bring in. But in the long term, it helps you, the customer, which keeps you happy and keeps your business. That's ultimately what they're going for. Yeah. But in the short term, it does negatively impact their business. And yet they're still pushing for it. You know, it's the whole thing is is affected. I want to hear from um, a personal injury attorney because mm-hmm. now they're going to have to go to court a lot more. Yes. If they're going to continue to big build big buildings off I-10 and Baton Rouge you know, with flags and inflatables, you know, I'm just saying it, that takes a lot. If you could get these things done without going to, tr- I mean, think about mm-hmm. how many you could do if it was under $50,000. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you could do six in a day. Yeah. You don't make all of your money off those big millions and millions lawsuits. Mm-hmm. You nickel and dime your way with the 49999 yeah. lawsuits. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's one of the things you would hear if you talked privately with with several personal injury lawyers, they they would all kind of half jokingly say the same thing. We did this. I got to move my business out of the state. That right there tells you. So is is there another state that's w- willing with open arms? I don't think they're going to Maryland. Right. Not for five thousand dollars more of a threshold. Right. It, it's it. But the the idea is their entire business structure is focused on this, and so they would have to find some other way to make their money if they do that. And again. It's like anything. You don't paint 
painting the entire group with one broad brush. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest names you see on the side of the road when you're driving down the highways. It the used to be casino concerts. Exactly. You know. Um. You know when you you've set the culture and that's what exists in the state of Louisiana. I mean, there's a Gordon McKernan meme page on Facebook, but that tells you just how serious it is. A Louisiana injury lawyer has so many billboards in the state of Louisiana across the state. that There's a whole meme page with several thousand followers Yeah, just waiting for the next Gordon McKernan meme. Yeah. You know, I noticed a couple of weeks ago we were heading over. I guess it was, um, what was the last kind of weekend we had? Was it maybe Memorial Day? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um we were driving over to Florida and going through Alabama. They have personal injury attorney yeah. um, billboards. I was. It's all like one or two of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the same people over and over. So that's there's, someone who just, that's their media strategy. There's one guy between Alabama and Florida that yes, has a few. It's along. Alex, like Alex Sharanima. Yes. Or some, a, something like that. A crazy last name that I honestly can't figure out in the time right. that it takes me to pass the billboard. Right. So, but and so it doesn't stick with you as it much. It doesn't. But yeah, you know, you see that, and I know exactly. You know, that stretch of I ten. You know, Louisiana is no matter where in Louisiana you start. That's always the longest part of I ten. <laughs> I know. Because uh, you're like, gosh, this looks just like Mississippi did an hour ago. Yeah. You know? So uh, the week before last, I, I had taken a trip to Florida, and so I, I saw several of those signs. But it's like, you know, what? I'm not seeing what the frequency. It's not every other one. It's not yep. you know, it's not the next five of them that you see. You know, there were casino ones. There's casino ones on the way there. Some of them are, you know, be back soon. Yeah. But, you know, okay, so the state issues, those are going to continue. looks like we're probably going to have a special session in the fall to deal with Mm -hmm. the budget some more. There was a $34 billion budget that was passed, but it doesn't tie up all the loose ends. Uh, Let's take a quick break. Got to come back. Want to talk about the presidential race. Also the Supreme Court, because there is some interesting chatter going on this morning about a justice that may be on their way out, which could make things really interesting for these last, you know, several months of mm-hmm. President Trump's first term. So we're going to talk about that all coming up at 725. And Joe Cunningham is our guest on Winging It Wednesday. Finally, some good news. You woke up today. Yeah. Now let's grab this day by the horns on Acadiana's Morning News. Three. I make learning a privilege, not a chore. And frustration, a tool, not an obstacle. I'm a teacher. I make more. Make more. Teach. Visit teach.org. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Our guest on Winging It Wednesday today. It's the first day of a brand new month. And, you know, if this there's any is, sign that this year is going to continue how it is. This uh, is the 18th month of 2020, isn't it? It, <laughs> it seems like it. It seems like it. All right. So tell me about this chatter about uh, Justice Alito. Okay. So this is fascinating. I was going to say, and this is not. This is not the justice that Trump wants to lose. Right. Because um, then he ha- he's a he's a pretty reliable conservative vote on a lot of there, these things. There has been chatter since the end of the Obama era that John Roberts uh, was planning to step down. Uh, I think what's fascinating, and, and my buddy Eric Erickson, who is a, a national pundit, he's got his own uh, radio show. Um, 
He's got his website, The Resurgent, but but he makes the argument that a lot of conservatives are just straight up calling John Roberts a liberal, which I, I is a very fair assessment given um, the Louisiana abortion law case and, and how he's flipped from the, the Texas abortion law case just a couple years before that. Uh, but his argument is that Justice Roberts is, in trying to keep the Supreme Court from being a political thing, he himself is playing the politician, which seems very weird, but that's what he's doing. And and you can tell from a couple of his decisions uh, in the way that he has addressed the Trump administration. He's just done with Trump. Yeah. Uh, he He's not a fan of the Trump administration. The Trump administration has bragged about, you know, loading up the federal courts with conservatives, federal uh, uh, Federalist Society types. Mm -hmm. uh, so John Roberts is holding on to his seat. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, this has been the biggest fear of mine, not because I like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but my soul cannot handle another Supreme Court vacancy in the Trump era um, because the drama that would come from that, especially an icon like I was Arden, say, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Merrick Garland? Yeah. Does it, that ring any bells? And, and it wouldn't be a Merrick Garland situation because the party in power is the one in charge of the White House Correct. and the Senate. And if the Democrats win the White House but don't win back the Senate, which right now, I'm sorry for everybody who thinks polls are lies. The, the polling is not terribly wrong here. Right now, the Republicans are not doing well in Senate races and in the presidential race. But if the Republicans manage to hold on to it, they can they can block, you know, they can they can stop a Supreme Court nominee. Um and but would they could they do that for a whole term? Have they done it for ever? Has that ever happened? You know, Mitch McConnell is in every way a very, very good supervillain. And so I think he could find a way. This is a man who knows Senate policy and procedure front and back. Mm -hmm. If there is something that could allow him to do it, he would do it. And he's on the back end of his career. The yes. back nine, as you should say. Yeah. So I don't. And you know what? Probably has millions. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so basically, what are you going to do? Not elect me? I mean, all I'm losing is the power. So my life. Um, Bob Costa of the Washington Post put out a report, I think, on Alito. And then Hugh Hewitt mentioned on his radio show after that report that he had heard from several conservatives that Alito was getting ready to step down. The Alito family wanted to get out of Washington, D.C., which is something. How is he age wise, though? You know, he's not too old. Mm hmm. He's been there a good minute, but he is a very solid conservative. He is he is the kind of guy that you would want to be on the Supreme Court if you are a conservative. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the I, I we've heard again, we've heard these rumors about John Roberts. We have, you know, been expecting Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who in my mind could possibly have been dead for the last twenty years anyway. Uh we could never know. Um I mean, we, we've seen her, you know, not fully there during State of the Union addresses in the past. So she could have been dead for the past few years. And the Democrats are just too terrified to let us know. But I'm sorry. It has to. I mean, this is too. Obviously, I'm not at the Supreme Court every day and I also don't watch it very closely. Mm -hmm. OK, I care when there's a ruling. Mm -hmm. OK. It seems like the John Roberts thing, especially with, with the last couple decisions that have been made. Mm -hmm. This doesn't seem like someone who's just sort of like running out the clock. No, you know, um, I mean, John Roberts is basically at this point saying the conservative judicial revolution is on pause right now. He is maintaining the status quo, which is why. And this is the ultimate thing that to me, he gets it wrong in the Louisiana abortion law case because it was an act of cowardice 
to agree with the plurality, the, the four the four liberal judges, but to do it in a concurring opinion by saying, I don't agree with them, but stare decisis, you know, mm-hmm. the, the precedent must stand. I don't, I think that is an act of cowardice rather than any sort of judicial reasoning. Because you bring up what well, you don't bring up, but I'm seeing brought up the Texas law. Exactly. Which he affirmed. He he was with the minority on that one saying this raw, this law is wrong and basically his concurring opinion that put him on the majority in that 5-4 decision on the Louisiana case was saying, yeah, it's not a good law. It is, you know, it is, uh, or yeah, it's unconstitutional. No, it is constitutional. It's perfectly fine to have this law, but stare decisis, we, the court already decided against. He is trying to maintain the integrity of the court. I was going to say, and you're, you're playing both sides. Exactly. He is playing both sides. He's playing the integrity of the court angle which I think ultimately delegitimizes the court in ways that he is not expecting. He's not expecting the the blowback here. And and part of this, if you go back to the uh, the ACA agreement, mm-hmm. uh, the decision in which he joined with the liberal justices there, his whole his decision there, if you look at it in looking at these decisions that he's become notorious for in the Trump era, it looks like he was playing politics then too. He was very careful in his wording on that one, and he used actually the opposite wording in a in a separate decision that followed that in in that followed one later. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, "Okay, if we strike this down, Democrats are energized. They because it was right before the reelection. Democrats are energized. They will win reelection." If I don't, it mobilizes Republicans. They can be energized and can come win. And then we start seeing more movement on the, on the conservative side of the, of the federal courts. The problem being that the Republicans ended up picking Mitt Romney, who was not a very energetic yeah. candidate at but all. There will be some people that are like probably hitting their dashboard right now, Joe, saying, hold up, Joe, you're being cynical. Maybe it's just the court working. What in, would you say to that? In its, in the strict, well, okay, so the history of the court is actually one where the court's job, they made up themselves. The, the Constitution lays out very clearly what the, what the court's job is. The idea of judicial review is made up. That's not in the Constitution. So everything they've done since then, you can argue, is itself unconstitutional because it was not a power granted to the Supreme mm-hmm. Court in the first place. Mm-hmm. So the idea and is that reason, though, because there are some things that are just not expressly mentioned in the Constitution. The importance of the Bill of Rights and those freedoms that are granted, and and what's important for people to realize is that the the Bill of Rights is a right is is a set of amendments that are negative powers for the United States. It's saying what the government cannot do, which is why a whole lot of liberals and progressives don't like it. They want to be able to say what the government can and can't do. Mm-hmm. They don't want a document that says That's you fair. can't do this. So the idea of judicial review is to ensure those freedoms and to ensure that the government doesn't put up roadblocks to those freedoms, which is – I choose that phrasing very specifically because that's what John Roberts is saying. The government should not put up roadblocks to those freedoms, and he says that in the Louisiana law, deci- in the Louisiana law decision – he says the government should not put up roadblocks to rights for a right that was made up through the Roe versus Wade decision, a right that you have to do a whole lot of acrobatics to find, a, a right that even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said was flawed because 
it makes the woman's decision dependent on a doctor rather than herself. So there's that. But That's hard. Mm. But Roberts is he's said he's uses that wording because he's going to start taking up Second Amendment cases and he's going to reflect on that as the way to uphold uh, or as a way to strike down gun laws. So is that what you think is next? I think that's, that's what that's will be going? next. I think there will be more gun issues next. All right, 737. Joe Cunningham, our guest today on Winging It Wednesday. Wow. The Supreme Court. I, you know what? I think there is so much of it that's such mystery. It's, it's a fool's game to try to predict anything. Well, And I'll tell you, I listened in. Was it, let me see, was it, was it the DACA arguments? I can't remember, you know, one of them during the pandemic time, and they, maybe they're back to it, but they let you listen into oral mm-hmm. arguments because that was the only way they could, you know, the Supreme Court, you can go there, you mm-hmm. can try to get a seat in the gallery as a member of the public, but the long-standing tradition has said that there are no cameras allowed, there's no recording allowed, mm-hmm. and so basically they do this thing on a Zoom call, and um, it was fascinating. No, you know what I listened to? I listened to the arguments about the Trump tax returns, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, you kind of go back and forth. And you can see sort of where these judges, because they only have a certain amount of time to ask questions, you yeah. know, and you can see almost where they're going by what questions they're asking, which is just fascinating. But I think there is so much mystery into what actually happens. 50% of the time, issue, 50% know? of the time you listen to what they're asking and you think, okay, they're going a certain way and then bam, they go the complete opposite, do. but that's their job. They, they have to, they have to question all sides of that way. There's been tons of times when you hear Kagan asking a surprising uh, a, a surprising number of very conservative leading questions only to go the opposite way. But again, it's a fool's very game to try to predict. You mentioned the DACA case real quick. That's one of the that's one of the things that makes this so interesting, makes me think that this is a whole he's done with Trump thing. In the immigration case that came a couple years before, in his response, he said, this is absolutely something you can do. The problem is you didn't go by the right policy. So in his decision, he spells it out. The DACA case comes along. You have Homeland Security giving different reasoning, some conflicting with each other as to why they're doing the DACA thing. And Robert said, you guys didn't read that last decision. I spelled out how you're supposed to do it, and you didn't do it. No. And so that's why he's... So let me just ask you one question before that, and then I want to get to Biden so we have to take a break, and and also what Trump is doing right now, poll-wise. But on that that DACA case, that was a policy that was put into place through an executive order. Mm -hmm. All it would take is an executive order to undo it. Mm -hmm. Why go through all this why go and get a supreme court ruling against yourself or at least saying y'all didn't do it the right way when maybe the easiest way would just be to say you know what here's my own executive order republicans and democrats too but republicans in particular have been very into the idea of rather than doing something through legislative or even executive order Mm -hmm. means have wanted to punt to the courts and use the courts to legitimize or delegitimize something, and it backfires just as much as it works. As it works. Interesting. All right, 740 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Back to wrap up with Joe Cunningham next. Make it a double with an extra shot. Rob and Bernie on Acadiana's Morning News. And now, your forecast from the KATC-TV3 Weather Lab. It's going to be hot and hazy out there today as African dust works its way back into the area. Not going to be quite as thick as it was last week, but still going to be a noticeable haze in the skies today. Temperatures are going to push their way into the 90s. We're at about 93 degrees with the heat index and the triple digits lows in the upper 70s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 
Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. Waking up every day, lifting him from the bed to the wheelchair to the car to get him to therapy on time. It's no small task between the doctors and the diagnosis, but nothing can disable this love. This is my big brother, my hero. He's part of me, like my arms and legs. So I'll be his. <laughs> See, there's no time for tired. This starts again tomorrow. He'll be waiting for me. I wake up for him. I know he needs me, but I'm the lucky one. Even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org slash caregiving for care guides and community. Or call 877-333-5885. Caregiving Resource Center. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Joe Cunningham, he joins us. Hey, tell people where they can find uh, more from you, read what you write, you know. Uh, so you can find me at redstay.com where I'm senior editor. Occasionally I'll be doing some writing at The Hayride. Um, you can also find me, the best way to get in touch with me, honestly, is on Twitter for those of you who use it, at Joe P. Cunningham, J-O-E-P-C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M. And you're not the, not the member of Congress. I am not. That's Joe Cunningham SC. Yes. Um, I have had to explain away some people in my mentions in the past who have tried to add Joe Cunningham and they find me and they start complaining about uh -huh. me voting for impeachment. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that wasn't me. Um, yeah. I did not vote to impeach president Trump. Uh, for the record, I was against the impeachment of, of president Trump. I am a Trump critic. I, I, I am someone who, cause I, I prefer the balls and strikes game. I'm classically trained news guy. I am of a conservative bent, but I believe that it is as important for us to call balls and strikes on Republicans. as It is to call balls and strikes on Democrats. And so People have gotten mad at me in the past for being critical of Trump in some ways. Like, I think the guy should be off Twitter. I think, you I, know what? I, I think you're pretty fair game, though. I mean, I, 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 I try to be. I try. And, and I've, all, I've had this mentality since I had a radio show in Natchitoches, Louisiana. If the liberals were calling into the show and calling me a, a, a conservative right wing nut job, and the conservatives were calling me a commie, I figured I was being pretty fair you're to You're in both between sides. the lanes, you know? You know, right that's, there. that's what I want. All right. Well, good. Um, it's a busy year for you, obviously. It is. It's, it's an election year, which, by the way, is still happening. You amazingly know? so, it is still happening. Um, the state of Louisiana, we have uh, the numbers are really down with in-person early voting, but mail-in voting, of course, is way up. July 11th is the presidential preference primary, which I always think is such a weird, I don't know, especially in the current political climate we're in, like that part feels like kind of a waste of time, but they do have the other As we get to this point, yeah, it's kind of a waste of time. Uh, Louisiana is a state that in the Electoral College doesn't mean much, so our results don't really matter that much. But it's really fascinating from a Louisiana perspective to look and see, okay, who, what Democrat, had this been a normal circumstance and the Democrat primary had still been going on, who are Louisiana Democrats looking at? Mm -hmm. And they're going to be looking at the more moderate candidate. Joe Biden's going to win overwhelmingly, even if the primary were still going on and it wasn't already pretty much decided it was Joe yeah. Biden, I think Joe Biden would win pretty much overwhelmingly because, one, 
even Democrats in Louisiana are of a moderate to semi-right bent in a lot of ways. Uh, the ones who get elected are the ones who go center-left. Uh, but you have a lot of moderate Democrats in the state, and overwhelmingly they're going to vote for somebody who holds those Louisiana values more, which is what Joe Biden comes across as, and that's what he ran as. Uh, and that's the play that Joe Biden has to make from here on out. He's got to be the moderate voice. Mm-hmm. He's got to portray himself as the voice of sanity against the Trump administration. The Trump administration, the Trump campaign is having a very big problem right now in that there is no message. Because of the coronavirus, because of the economy, because of this Russian intelligence thing, which I have not put any sort of opinion or comment on because we've been burned on stories like these before. Uh, And, you know, if you take both sides at about 50 percent, it looks like Trump probably wasn't briefed in the way it might have been typed up in an intelligence briefing. But Trump was not told of it or whatever. Uh, But there's no there's, there's a lot of chaos. Trump, again, In 2016, Kellyanne Conway joined the campaign and took Trump's phone away and gave his phone back for good behavior. So if he stayed on message and said what he was supposed to say, he'd get his time on Twitter. Sounds very juvenile, but it worked. It got him focused. It got his messaging right. There's nobody in the campaign right now doing that. The Tulsa rally was an absolute disaster. The Trump campaign will say, yeah, he gave a great speech. Yeah, he had a crowd there. The crowd was too small. The campaign lied about the crowd size. They say they have the best information systems, the best data collecting systems ever. And they would make excuses like, oh, well, Democrats went and bought a bunch of and and, and got a bunch of tickets or whatever. There was an unlimited number of tickets. There was no cap on the tickets. The whole purpose of the thing was to collect data to get emails and information out to supporters. It was an unmitigated disaster. There was a high expectation set by the campaign itself. That's what I was going to say. Why even say, why not get out in front of it and say, you know what? We're going to have 200 people there, but it's still going to be 150 more than Joe Biden can get. That way, it sets the expectation when there's 200 people there. You go out, you say, this virus is something, and thank you guys for coming. It's great to see you. Things are going to get better. Just get out ahead of the yes, message. That's um, what I didn't understand about the whole thing. They they said, because obviously Donald Trump is a we, we're bigger, we're better type personality. So the campaign was trying to match that. Oh, yeah, we've got a million but, people uh, who have. But wait, I'll, let me stop you. It's not all, I'm bigger, I'm better. It's I'm the best. Yes. And so that's the problem. You can never live up to yourself. You cannot, Sorry, continue. You cannot live up to that. And so, yeah, we're expecting thousands of people because of all the tickets. If you had the best data collection system, you would know that these were false names, or that these were Democrats mm-hmm. that were getting your tickets. And an overcrowd, over, and, overflow and, event. Uh, the overflow, you had all this overflow space built up. There's empty chairs in the in the arena. I'm sorry, that's a campaign flaw, and that makes Trump look bad. From an objective standpoint, the campaign failed, and Brad Parscale, the campaign manager, should be gone. Is he? Is Do you think he will be? There were rumors that he was going to step down. He has not yet, based on any reports. We haven't seen any. That would be big headlines across the thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, chaos in the Trump campaign. Lead, man, uh, lead campaign manager steps down. But maybe you got to get rid of him. I, I, I mean, like, but but if Trump views that as a negative on him, then then Parscale that's, stays. That's where the stubbornness comes in. I mean, you know. Um, now, in 2016, Trump was not afraid to fire people. But now he's, but he's the winner. He's the guy who won 2016. He's the guy who knows what's best. And if him hiring Brad Parscale is a sign of weakness, he may not show it. I think he needs to bring Kellyanne Conway back as the manager of this campaign. Love her or hate her. 
She won him that campaign. Well, and she also is a master at staying on message. She She's is unflappable. She is absolute, and it frustrates the hell out of the media, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. They try to get her every which way, and she cannot be shaken from that message. And she's a master. It's why she is so good, and why again she should be in Republican circles. She should be the hottest commodity out there. Everybody should want Kellyanne Conway in some way attached to their campaign. Well, even if she doesn't believe it, you would never know. Exactly. That's just, and that's, you know? and that's, that is what's fascinating is that they haven't brought her back in to manage the campaign because she did that job mm-hmm. so well in 2016. Do you think maybe she doesn't want it? Part of me thinks so. There's the fact that her husband, George, is part of that Lincoln Project group, the group of conservative mm-hmm. pr- principal conservatives who are anti-trump and are running uh but then there's the daughter ads. the conway daughter this week that is so creepy <laughs> okay i'm if <laughs> nobody in the national media is probably listening if you are thank you for following me on twitter and, and knowing that i was uh going to be on today mm-hmm. but it is creepy to be writing stories, honing in on the life of the teenage children of people in politics. I'm sorry, left or right, Obama's daughters, Kellyanne Conway's daughter, Barron Trump, I don't care. It is creepy to be obsessing about these kids. Mm-hmm. And we have to stop that. That is unacceptable behavior from our media. I'm just as mad at the media for focusing on the teenagers who are now part of the call-out culture in their own schools who are creating these anonymous social media pages calling out their racist peers, which is only going to lead to depression, suicide, school attacks, things like that, because you're alienating people. Yeah, I'm so proud because there are several students who have reached out to me who I've seen through various social media and they, their whole focus throughout the, the, the race thing and all that has been discussion. Mm -hmm. And I'm so proud of, of, Uh, isn't that what young people can bring? That's, that's what they can bring. Um, the 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 violence that we see in the protests, I'm 100. I, I protesting is a right. I mean, even Thomas Jefferson said the tree of liberty must be bathed in the blood of, or must be, uh, yeah, bathed in the blood of patriots, or, or fed by the blood of patriots. Um, violent protests, I don't think do the job. I think the discussion, these protests, having the discussions, are what does the job here. And that's again, like I said at the beginning, moving the ball down the field. That's what you've got to do. Yep. And I see so much, uh, so much out of students here in Lafayette Parish who want to push the discussion forward rather than and sort of move beyond this whole symbolic, these symbolic right. changes. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. I gave it a try. I'm all right. I give it an 88. Yeah, you know. But um, it was a conversation he was having with John Stewart, and John mm-hmm. Stewart was like, "I'm just ready for you know to see actual change." John Stewart. The, monuments thing i mean there are so many different things where it seems like you know what once i get that down then i'm gonna feel better and it it's not there yeah you know, i mean all these different Here's things three quick points one bill maurer has a uh, has a, a great monologue he went on about white people appropriating the outrage you know it's one thing to be an ally it's another to appropriate and go way too far beyond it um, and he has he makes some great points there. Occasionally, you know, that broken clock is is right twice a day. Yeah. Um, second thing is that John Stewart is taking a lot of crap for his movie, uh, Irresistible, that comes out, and it's basically a retelling of the uh, uh, John Ossoff story uh, about Democrats who are unable to connect with regular Americans. Mm-hmm. And then third, 
I am really sick and tired of white people telling me how I should feel about race. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? There, there's, there's plenty of people out there, plenty of black friends. I teach black students, coach black athletes. I'm going to say, what can I do? I'm going to talk to them. I'm not going to listen to a white person tell me what books I should read in order to understand black culture, yep. what restaurants to support, what movies to watch, what to binge on Netflix. I'm not going to do that. And you also have to accept that maybe you're already doing the things that need to be done. I was having a very similar conversation with a, with a good friend who's black. And I said, like, you know, in your eyes, because, you know, I don't care about the national conversation. You know, I understand why people are outraged. I totally get it. But I think local okay Mm -hmm. like here what are we doing and she said you're doing it every day by having a show that things can be talked about and i said okay but i want to do more she goes well you're raising your kids not to Mm -hmm. see that you're raising your kids and i said okay and she goes and that's the best you can do it just takes a long it's a long game it's not instant gratification Mm -hmm. but you know what if you can make the next generation better to where we work through some of these issues well, then that's all you need to do. And I and she goes, and that's all you need to do. And I and I said, okay, you know. Have you had to have, because we saw it on Disney the other day, the Black Lives Matter thing, and my daughter saw it. Have you had to, have to talk with your girls um, you about know, why that's on there? The, they haven't asked about it. I'm, I'm a big fan of like, I don't, there are so many things that flash in front of them. I don't necessarily, you know, do mm-hmm. address everything. But I will say this, regarding the police thing, it made me happy because, you know, back when we used to have Brooks David come in from mm-hmm. Louisiana State Police, one of the things he used to tell us was that one of the hardest things for him as, you know, a uniform trooper is being somewhere mm-hmm. and having like a parent say, you know what, if you don't straighten up, he's going to arrest you. And he goes, you want to walk over there to the kid and be like, I'm not going to arrest you and tell the mom the kid just needs a nap. You know, you know, like yeah. th- that's not what we do. And so I've really tried to instill that with my kids to the point that when they see a security guard, I don't care if it's at Sephora in the mall, they usually say thank you mm-hmm. because that's just what we've taught them. And the other day, because we haven't even really talked about this, but the other day, my daughter's in the car with my dad. He brought her over to, to New Orleans to go visit some family. It was just them two in the car. They passed a police officer on the side of the road, and my daughter said, hey, you know, he's trying to keep people safe uh, right there. My dad said, yeah, and she goes, and you know, you know, all police officers aren't bad. Most of them are, are good and they're and they're helping us. Mm. And we had never even had to talk about it in that way. So, you know, anyway. Three segments is not enough, Rob. It's we gotta, not. We gotta do more. All right. Uh we have about a minute left. Wrap things up. What are we what are, should we see? Whether it's coronavirus, politics, there's one more month of summer, about a month and a half. How are things going for you, by the way? Like, how are you prepping um, as a teacher? Right for now, right now, my biggest thing happen? is two weeks from today, I believe it is, the uh, scores for AP tests come out. And this is a score that, and this is a test that kids could not prepare for. It was unprecedented taking an online one question test. We don't know exactly how it worked out. One we, question? Uh, for my history kids, yeah, it was one long essay question. They had set, they had, uh, five sources and they had to bring in outside information from at least two other, uh, okay. things. And so, it's a test you cannot prepare for, and every subject was the same way. You cannot prepare for the AP test this year. There was nothing to go with. So, so I'm I'm nervous about that. I have a lot of faith in my students. Not much faith in myself because it's my first year teaching, but I had a very brilliant yeah. class. <laughs> yes. Um, my success is dependent solely on them, and so if they wanted to, if if, if they wanted to not take the test, yeah. most of them did. I, I did see that most of them had submitted responses. So. All right, Joe Cunningham. You can find more from him at Red State occasionally at the Hayride. Follow him on Twitter, Joe P Cunningham. Thanks so much for coming in. As Thank you always, for having me. It's always a great time. Seven fifty nine now at News Talk ninety six five KPL. A new initiative from Cox. 
aims to keep you safe, especially online. We're going to talk to David Dockan coming up on the show. Also, our conversation with Bo Boyer, District 48 representative. We're working for you around the clock to keep you informed. We are a KDMS home for news and talk. KPEL-FM Brokerage, Lafayette. House keeps pushing back. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. On the reports, President Trump was briefed months ago on Russia trying to pay the Taliban to kill U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. A Trump tweet this morning calls it a hoax made up. Counselor to the President Kellyanne Conway just told Fox. The reason it didn't, the president wasn't briefed is because it wasn't verified. In fact, the career CIA briefer to the president of the United States, not a political appointee, decided against including in the briefing. Now, the president's Democratic challenger, Joe Biden, says... If he was briefed and nothing was done about this, that's a dereliction of duty. In Seattle, a new attempt to break up the CHOP protest zone that's kept police out for weeks and been the scene of two deadly shootings. The mayor issued an executive order declaring it an unlawful assembly. Seattle police tweeted anyone remains or returns to that area is subject to arrest. The president this morning also tweeted a warning about damaging monuments and all the protests and that it could get you 10 years in prison. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave, the Homeland Security Department is concerned that more monuments could be vandalized this upcoming holiday weekend. Acting Director Chad Wolf says DHS is sending rapid deployment teams to Seattle, Washington, D.C., and Portland, Oregon, telling Fox and Friends. We want to make sure that our facilities are protected, uh, the statutes and monuments on those facilities are protected, and of course the people that work in those buildings are protected as well. The move comes after demonstrators have toppled monuments and statues in several cities amid protests over the death of George. George Floyd in police custody. Dave? Rachel Vice President Pence will go to Arizona today, one of the hardest hit states in a coronavirus surge in the South and West. U.S. cases have been up 80% in two weeks. He's urging us to wash hands, be socially distant, and wear masks. We should not look at public safety measures as an impediment to opening up America. Rather, we should look at them as the vehicle to opening up. America's listening to Fox News. What's the most important factor for determining a coin's value? Rarity. And now, the COVID-19 pandemic has resulted in the creation of a modern rarity. When the West Point Mint was shut down due to health concerns, 240,000 emergency production 2020 American Eagle silver dollars were minted in Philadelphia for 13 days only. And that makes these coins with the P-Mint attribution the second rarest coin in the entire American Eagle bullion coin series. This extraordinary coin is now available, but only for a limited time. Just call government.com at 1-800-520-6468. To learn more about these emergency production 2020 American Eagle silver dollar coins, call 1-800-520-6468. Call now and you'll receive a free American Coin Collector's bonus package, a $10 value free with every order. Call 1-800-520-6468 now to secure your Philadelphia Mint 2020 American Eagle silver dollar coins before they sell out. That's 1-800-520-6468. Lawmakers are getting ready to take a summer vacation. Congress takes a two-week break on Thursday without approving another coronavirus bill. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell won't commit to another coronavirus bill. The only thing McConnell's pushing, liability protections to prevent people from suing if they get sick at work or school. That's Fox's Chad Pergram at the Capitol, where the Senate did approve last night by unanimous consent, extending an expiring deadline for small businesses to apply for those loans that don't have to be paid back. 
all the way now till August 8th. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin told a House hearing there was bipartisan support for repurposing the fund's remaining $135 billion. But that requires congressional action. And there's no consensus about extending unemployment benefits set to expire in about a month. On Wall Street, stock futures were down big a short time ago. Now they're slightly higher, coming off the best quarter for the Dow in 33 years when it surged 17%. Voters in Oklahoma approved a ballot question to expand Medicaid to tens of thousands more low-income residents by amending the state constitution. Other states have done similar expansion by changing statutes. In Colorado, former Governor John Hickenlooper, who failed in his run for president, won the Democratic Senate primary. Hickenlooper faces sitting Republican Senator Cory Gardner in November. And after a week of waiting, we finally know who's going to challenge Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell for his Kentucky Senate seat. Former Marine pilot Amy McGrath has fended off a challenge from progressive Charles Booker to get the Democratic nomination. That's Fox's Jill Nato. New gun restrictions went into place today in Virginia. The laws demand background checking on private gun sales, which include gun show sales. They also limit handgun purchases to one a month and allow for a so-called red flag law. That's Fox's Evan Brown. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. It's a brand new month, July 1st, 2020. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update. Louisiana added just over 1,000 new COVID-19 cases yesterday with another large jump in total hospitalizations. That number up by 44 to 781. The total number of cases now sits at over 58,000, but of them, over 42,000 have recovered, according to this week's estimate from the Louisiana Department of Health. Governor John Bell Edwards' next COVID-19 press briefing is this afternoon, and Edwards says he's looking for more compliance from businesses. Assistant State Health Officer Dr. Joseph Cantor says the governor would rather see everyone do more when it comes to spread mitigation than return to Phase 1 coronavirus restrictions. According to the state health department, only 59% of those who tested positive from COVID-19 have responded to phone calls from contact tracers. Anyone in Louisiana planning to travel to New York or New Jersey for the 4th of July weekend may have to change their plans. Both states now requiring travelers from a number of states, including Louisiana, to self-quarantine for 14 days upon entry. New York and New Jersey were early epicenters of the pandemic and have since seen cases dramatically decrease. State health officials say they don't want travelers from other growing hotspots to undo the progress they've made. Joshua Rito of SCOD is now behind bars after investigators with the St. Martin Parish Sheriff's Office looked into allegations of suspected carnal knowledge of a juvenile. Major Jenny Higgins says Rito faces two counts of the felony crime. Investigators received the first allegation in February, then learned of a second suspected victim. No bot has been said as Rito sits in the St. Martin Parish Jail. The special session is over in Baton Rouge and many tort reform advocates are celebrating a deal cut in the final hours of the session yesterday. That led to the passage of a reform bill that supporters say will lower auto insurance rates in the state of Louisiana. The bill sets the jury trial threshold at $10,000, limits when an insurance company's name can be mentioned in court, and removes a ban on mentioning a crash victim's seatbelt status. Evangeline Parish Senator Heather Cloud celebrated the bill's passage, saying it would help fix the ongoing crisis in commercial auto insurance markets.
Also on the final day of the session, the legislature approved a $34 billion budget. Matt Doyle has more and the governor's reaction. Governor Edwards noted the budget for the fiscal year starting today was saved by federal CARES Act money, but still had to include some unfortunate cuts to higher education and health care. He celebrated an earlier passage of $250 checks that will go out to essential workers and bemoan the legislature's decision to pause scheduled pay raises for state workers. He also raised some concerns about a series of business tax cuts that passed. Well, you can appreciate the fact that people want to give some help to specific businesses and so forth, but at the same time, they have to understand that those are tax expenditures. I'm Matt Doyle. Senator Bill Cassidy says he expects another federal stimulus package to be passed sometime in late July. Cassidy aims to have CARES 4.0 focus on covering the estimated $500 billion of lost revenue for local governments nationwide. He says the cancellation of spring festivals in South Louisiana has already left a mark. The $500 billion includes funds already lost and estimated losses moving forward into 2021. Orleans and Jefferson Parish have issued mandatory mask-wearing ordinances for those visiting parish businesses. Jefferson Parish President Lee Shang says the proclamation takes effect today and is the only way the parish will be able to move into Phase 3. Shang said the parish is still working out the details of how it could be enforced and what punishments would be handed out to businesses in violation. Caddo Parish DA James Stewart announced a grand jury has returned an indictment against eight Shreveport police officers fired for allegedly using excessive force against two men back in January. Stewart says each officer facing one count of malfeasance in office. A written report from Stewart's office says that dash cam video from a Caddo Parish Sheriff's deputy vehicle shows the eight Shreveport officers physically striking two individuals at the end of a police chase. And finally, legislation blocking civil lawsuits against schools for potential COVID-19 outbreaks this fall. It also got final legislative approval. The governor says he intends to sign it. New Orleans Pelicans Executive Vice President David Griffin says that three Pelicans players tested positive for COVID-19 last week. The unidentified players are in self-isolation and are apparently being tested daily. They need to have two negative tests before they can play. The 22 NBA teams that will resume their season in Orlando must turn in a roster by the end of the day today. Griffin does not expect any Pelicans player not to play. And finally, ESPN announced that former LSU defensive lineman Marcus Spears will appear daily on NFL Live when the network's relaunch of the show happens in August. The Sports Network also says the new multi-year deal contains an ESPN extension. The Baton Rouge native says it's a, quote, pinch myself moment to talk to the NFL five days a week. And to recap the COVID-19 news, Louisiana reporting an additional 1,000 new coronavirus cases on Tuesday as hospitalizations and deaths also continue to rise. Jeff Palermo has this story. The total number of COVID-19 cases has surpassed 58,000, and the state health department says hospitalizations rose by 44 to 781, the highest it's been since late May. The state is also reporting 23 more deaths to bring the death toll to 3,113. Governor Edwards will have a COVID-19 press briefing on Wednesday, and Assistant State Health Officer Dr. Joseph Cantor says he's concerned, looking ahead to the 4th of July weekend where you can expect folks to be out. I'm Jeff Poliai. All right, it is 8.13 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL and friend to the show, David Dockhan, joins us on the phone. Good morning to you, sir. 
Good morning, Rob. How's it going? Um, you know what? I'm I'm doing okay because I'm like I'm actually at work now, so my life feels a little bit normal. You are are still remotely operating, if I'm not mistaken. I am. I am. We're uh, probably going to be working from home until at least uh, September. Really? Okay. So yeah. uh, David's with Cox here uh, locally, by the way. Should have said that off the top. But um, you, you've you been doing a lot. Um, I, I, I keep seeing house projects and home improvement um, issues and, and pictures and questions. So, you know, can we just call it like corporate remodeling because that's where you're working? Does that kind of work out that I, way? I think that's what we have to do. Um, I think that's what we have to do. It's uh, driving my hourly rate down. <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> it, but I mean, yeah, it's like when you're stuck at your house, you know, you, you definitely uh, find projects. I am, I am right there with you. The guest bedroom in my house, I decided I was being way too generous to people who came to visit us because they were treated like the Queen of England, but it took up a lot of space. So I said, we got to get a sofa bed in this room because it is much more of an office than a guest bedroom now. And so we switched it out, got rid of the bed. Now there's a sofa sleeper in there. Maybe no one will come and I'll I'll be lucky, but, you know, we'll see. It's comfortable for me. But if they me. do come, they might be quick to go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They might ask to sleep <laughs> in my bed instead. Anyway, so Cox is always involved in things around the community. There was something... Um, I was a part of a couple of months ago helping small businesses with their marketing efforts, especially um, post COVID nineteen. And honestly, now we're not really post again. We're we're kind of back in that moment. But um, Cox still really involved in keeping people safe and really serving the community. And you guys have a brand new initiative, something really cool coming up. Tell us about it. We do, and uh, this is about helping people connect with others. We're uh, working to help single people in Lafayette or Acadiana, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans find love. And I know that sounds crazy, but a lot of people right now are, you know, either self-quarantined by choice or by mandate. And, you know, going out and meeting people is harder than ever yeah. right now. Yeah. And so uh, we've brought in uh, Farrah Reyna, who's local here in Lafayette, and she's a relationship expert. And uh, we've also brought in a company called My Cheeky Date, which they have done speed dating events in 62 cities across the world. And together, we've joined forces to create an online smart dating event that's going to happen uh, coming up in July, on July. Well, it is July today, isn't it? It is. It's a yeah. new month today, it's, yes. It's, yeah, so Speaking it's going to happen on true, July 16th. you know, work-from-home professional who doesn't know what day it is, what time it is. Right, well, I knew it was Wednesday. I just forgot it was July. Gotcha, so, <laughs> gotcha. Okay. But July 16th on Thursday, and uh, it's going to be so much fun. We uh, got to test drive the system a couple of weeks back with our coworkers. So we didn't really do a smart dating event. We just more did a networking thing. Well, that but sounds it's super like cool. an HR nightmare, but anyway. Yeah. Well, well, luckily we had HR on the line. Good. Just in case anything. <laughs> Good. <laughs> leave room no, for the Holy Spirit and HR, you know? That's right. That, you always <laughs> have to leave room for the Holy Spirit. But this thing is going to be really cool because, you know, there are a lot of single people uh, in all three cities. Yeah. Um, and sometimes distance is a barrier, but thank God for technology because we can connect no matter where we are. So we're going to have singles from Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans who can all meet online virtually. And so when you get into this program, everybody's going to be in one kind of 
chat room where you can see everyone. But the company is going to pre-select matches ahead of time based on the information that you provide. Oh my gosh. And you're going to go on a series of four-minute dates. So you'll start in this big room. And then it goes into one-on-one chats, and you'll be face-to-face with possibly the love of your life. Um, And if you feel like there's a match, there's a button you can click to match, and then after the whole thing's over, you'll get emailed a list of your matches, Or, or maybe you won't. Well, it just depends. <laughs> well, it depends. But, you know, people have time right now. I, I keep reading, you know, different things about how relationships are going. There are people who are moving in faster, okay? Because let's just, right. say, let's just say you were casually dating someone. Okay, well, then the world comes to a halt. So the person you were casually dating, well, now you're like, well, we can't go out to eat anymore. So we need to pick up and, and bring it to one of our houses. And then there's a lot of people who are making the decision, like, earlier than they normally would have to move in together. And so mm-hmm. that's happening. There's also the divorce rate is also going up. So that's that's an inverse. But we're talking about happy things here. So maybe right. your person well, is out there waiting. Some, right. And maybe someone's newly single. Maybe someone did. Oh, my gosh. So, that's perfect. Maybe someone did file for divorce because their current spouse was bothering them during COVID-19. And now they're back on the market already. Is that the type of people? Wow. You want? Well, I mean, you know, we want everyone to be happy. So, yeah, so hopefully, in the spirit of uh, whatever, universal happiness, yeah, come on over. Cool. Yeah, come on over. And it's it's really easy to sign up. Okay, so uh, tell people how, is, yeah. Uh, yeah, smartdating-cox.eventbrite.com. Mm-hmm. So smartdating-cox.eventbrite.com. Super simple to sign up. Um, you know, we're not going to try to sell you anything. We're just trying to... Do a community service to help people connect. I know. I love it. And and yes, I had it written in my intro a little bit tongue-in-cheek that you guys are continuing to help the community. But you guys are helping the community in all ways, which is really which well, is really great. Yeah, we are. We are. Uh, as a company, I think... Uh, I think I saw the number yesterday, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, $50 million that we've uh, put out cool. uh, since COVID-19 started to help the community. Well, that's great. David Dockhan. By the way, um, I don't I don't want to may give lead on about any, anything too much, but you do own, in fact, a part of the Piccadilly sign. Is that correct? Yes, I do. And it is I do. I mean, your name is David Dockhan, so I would imagine it's probably the D, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with it's whenever one of my they favorite took the, things that someone has ever done. Well, we were uh we were in the oil center in uh, Lafayette when they were taking down the Piccadilly sign. Mm-hmm. And the sign guy was like working alone. And these letters are really, really heavy. The ones that uh, caught, that were hanging off the front of the building. Yes. So yes. You know, they're about four feet tall. And, you know, I just like, I'm like, let's stop the car. Stop the car. So we just stopped in the middle of the street. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing with these letters? And he's like, well, it breaks my heart. We're going to take them to the junkyard. Oh, and uh, I was like, uh, can, can we have the D, <laughs> you know, it's like because, you know, honestly, any special event in our life growing up, my grandparents brought us to Piccadilly. Yes. You know, like first communion, uh, whatever it was, you know, after after church, you go to Piccadilly. Yes. And so um, it was a big part of my life uh-huh. uh, growing up and, and even as an adult. So, well, yeah, yeah, but, yeah kids- we have part of the sign and we just had to go get a. Um, we had to borrow a, a bigger truck to be able to get it home. It gets better. I mean, every time I hear the story, 
Like it gets better because there's like an extra detail. Like one of these days, it's it's just going to just keep on going. The story just keeps on getting well, better and better. Yeah, and, and one of these days we're gonna uh, we're gonna go to the sign shop. You know, after the whole. Uh, mm-hmm. Once we can get out and about again, but it's still got the neon in it. Oh, so really? We want to go and yeah, so we want to go and just have a sign company, you know, mount it and have it hung up somewhere. I we think thought it would be cool, to... kind of lit up in the backyard as a yes. nightlight. I think it would be great. Um, I think you should have a christening party for it, and I would be happy. <laughs> I'd be happy to cut the rope and, and christen it. I'd be the godfather of the the David Dockhand Piccadilly D. It's great. Well, yeah, to. we'd love it. We'll we'll bring in some chopped beef and uh, <laughs> macaroni and cheese and, and hopefully some carrot souffle <laughs> and have a party. I'll tell you, the, the allure, though, because my kids also love Piccadilly. It's one of those places, like, if I ever leave it up to them, like, hey, mom's mom's doing something. She has a meeting tonight or something. What do y'all want to do? Piccadilly. And I think because I, you know, I ask questions. I'm a journalist, after all. So <laughs> I'm always con- con- you know concerned as to why something's going and I think it's because the long, I mean, do you even call it a buffet? Whatever it is, the long showroom of food, they of think food. everything it, that has ever been cooked is available there, like in their little you minds. You can get whatever you want it's right whatever. away. Yep, that's it. And the Jello's always in perfect squares. Jello's always in perfect squares. I don't know how they do it. I don't know. Work on that, David, <laughs> for the next big event, okay? Figure out that. I'll do it. All right, David Dockhan from Cox. Uh, give that website one more time where people can go and sign up. Smartdating.cox.eventbrite.com. Sorry, I caught you off guard with that one. Smartdating-cox.eventbrite.com. Yes, absolutely. And it's totally free to sign up. Awesome. Hey, David, thanks. It's good talking to you as always. And next up, when the world is back, come back in the studio because you're a hoot. Absolutely. And we'll meet for lunch at Piccadilly, too. Hey, carrot souffles on me, man. All All right. 823 now, <laughs> Newstock 96.5 KPL. That's a really cool event that's coming up. We'll get more for you on our website at kpel965.com. It's 823 now at Newstock 96.5 KPL. We're back with more. Hey. Celebrating 20 years of enlightening Acadiana. Moon Griffon, next on Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Here's your on this date update for July 1st. The Battle of Gettysburg was begun today in 1863. Historians call it the most important battle of the Civil War. The Confederate invasion of the North ended three days later with more than 7,000 dead. On this date in 1963, the post office put its zonal improvement plan into effect. We still use it today. It's better known as the zip code. And the Susan B. Anthony dollar coin was put into circulation today in 1979. While it's still out there, it never really caught on. Born on this date, Diana, Princess of Wales. Actor Jamie Farr of MASH. Clinger! Sir! How dare you wear that hat while in uniform? It's spring, sir! Track star Carl Lewis. And... We're on a mission from God. Comedian Dan Aykroyd. I'm Mitch Davis, and that's your On This Date Update. National headlines and local news that affects you the most. Hey, it's Robin Burning, and you're listening to Acadiana's Morning News. I listen every morning. I like to stay informed. Wake up with us weekday mornings at 5:30 for the headlines on News Talk 96.5. K- it's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL965.com. And now making headlines around the nation. Thousands of restaurants in Washington, D.C. and Maryland. 
may be impacted by the pandemic. Well, they are closing one in four eateries forced to close as the pandemic picks up again. Here's Lindsay Watts. The Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington says 25 to even 30 percent of independently owned restaurants will be lost. Unfortunate because it's going to leave a lot of people out of work. It's a shame, but I mean, that's just the times we're living in now. In Maryland, it's just as dire. For every restaurant that we hear about, we've got to remember there may be five, six or seven more that have closed quietly. Marshall Weston heads the restaurant association there. We are projecting that 25% of all of the restaurants in the state of Maryland are going to close permanently. That is anywhere between 2,700 and 3,000 just in Maryland alone. Virginia doesn't have any predictions yet, but restaurants are struggling. That was Lindsay Watts. Now, new information on a rare inflammatory syndrome affecting kids who may have been exposed to COVID-19. Well, it's out in Boston Children's Hospital, who led one of the reports, found that nearly 200 children studied and 80 percent of them suffered from cardiovascular symptoms. Here's Julie Leonardi from Fox affiliate WFXT. Doctors here in Boston and across the country are urging parents to continue to be on high alert for this rare syndrome found in individuals under 21 years old. Multisystem Inflammatory Syndrome, or MISC, is found in patients eight years old on average after exposure to COVID-19. The children's immune system could overreact and inflame other systems in the body after exposure. Death is very uncommon, but many of them need a lot of support while in the intensive care unit. Dr. Adrienne Randolph led the study from Boston Children's. She says 186 children in this report were diagnosed with MISC from March 15th to May 20th. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci says if states don't contain the spread of the coronavirus, he won't be surprised to see as many as 100,000 new cases per day. The nation's top expert on infectious diseases said yesterday it could get very bad. The nation is currently adding about 40,000 new cases a day. Meanwhile, in California, Governor Gavin Newsom says he plans to add more coronavirus restrictions in time for the holiday weekend. Cases are surging in California, so Newsom said he plans to tighten things up ahead of the holiday. He didn't give any details, but said the new restrictions will be issued today. The advertising boycott against Facebook begins officially today with more than 400 companies taking part in the, quote, Stop Hate for Profit campaign. They've all promised not to advertise on Facebook during the month of July. Civil rights groups have accused the social media site of allowing hate speech and misinformation to spread across its platform. New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says the $1 billion budget cut to the New York Police Department doesn't go far enough. The first-term Democrat said in a statement on Tuesday, quote, defunding police means defunding police. That, as Mayor Bill de Blasio said, the New York City Council has finally reached a deal with his office to cut a billion dollars from the NYPD's $6 billion budget. A three-year-old girl is wounded after a shooting on Chicago's south side. Police say the little girl was playing outside her home last night when she was shot in the chest. She was rushed to the hospital in critical condition. She's since stabilized. Police are investigating, but they say they think the incident might be related to a shooting that happened nearby. Six Chicago children have been killed by gun violence in the past week. A federal judge is overturning a Trump administration asylum rule targeting Central Americans. A federal court last week upheld a challenge to the 2019 asylum restrictions that require immigrants to first claim asylum in another country. U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly of Washington, D.C. ruled in favor of asylum seekers 
and immigrant nonprofits who argued the third country asylum rule violated the Immigration and Nationality Act. The law allows anyone who makes it to U.S. soil to apply for asylum. Wall Street futures are down slightly after the market soared in its best quarter in decades. The S&P 500's gain of almost 20% was the broader market's best quarter in 22 years. The tech-heavy Nasdaq rang up a 30.6% gain for its best quarter since 1999. The White House now says President Trump has been briefed on the Russian bounty plot. Mike Bauer reports. The White House says the president has been briefed, but may not have been a year ago. The president was never briefed on this. Um, This intelligence still has not been verified. Now the Trump administration is facing growing pressure from Congress to divulge more information, like was President Trump briefed by then-National Security Advisor John Bolton personally in March of 2019. Initial intelligence was evidently compelling enough that the U.S. shared it to British counterparts, and with at least 20 American service members having been killed in Afghanistan since the start of 2019, their families want answers. Mike Bauer, NBC News Radio. You're up to date. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. It's going to be hot and hazy out there today as African dust works its way back into the area. It's going to be hot and hazy out there today as African dust works its way back into the area. Not going to be quite as thick as it was last week, but still going to be a noticeable haze in the skies today. Temperatures are going to push their way into the 90s, right about 93 degrees with the heat index and the triple digits lows in the upper 70s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. to Acadiana's Morning News, and yesterday's special session ended. A total of 90 days of session, and his first one is now in the books. District 48 Representative Bo Boyer joins us on the phone now. Good morning to you, Bo. How are you? Good morning, Rob. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm well. Okay. That everything's... Uh for the most part, over. All right, so you wrapped up. We obviously went into a special session, probably in large part because of the COVID-19 outbreak. It it kept you guys away from the Capitol. However, I know work was going on throughout that time, but it did make for, for you know a very interesting time, especially for your first session. So kind of sum it up for me. Where are we, and especially where are we on some of the biggest things that you campaigned on? Yeah, Rob, I appreciate uh, the follow-up. You know, and one thing, you know, there was a, a lot of people who didn't want us to go to Baton Rouge uh, because because of COVID. Uh, but, you know, we got elected to serve the people back home, and they sent us there. Um, and uh, we, we all thought that it was the, the duty of the of our people and our constituents to go there and, and do their work. Um, but uh, we, we had some successes. We had some lessons learned. Uh, and for us new freshmen, it was, you know, you know being fed with a fire hose, uh, but uh, but it was good and it, it moved well. 
uh, some of the stuff that I had campaigned on, and I talked in specifically uh, on, on y'all's radio show uh, that we had some very, very big successes are on. Uh, we had some ITEP legislation that made it through the process uh, where we are able to stream for those parishes that want to be aggressive with economic development. Uh, we were successful in streamlining, streamlining the industrial tax exemption program. Uh, where we can have ITEP-ready parishes, where businesses don't have to go through the red tape, and we're taking we're taking our you know governments from out of picking winners and losers. And uh, you know, I said it campaigning. I think I talked to y'all on a follow-up interview, mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to be effective in getting that legislation through. Uh, another uh, huge bill that I worked on and was was successful and eventually signed by the governor, which will be on. Uh, the fall ballot is a constitutional amendment where we are going to limit the growth in government from year to year by revising the formula with which our expenditure limit is, cre- is calculated. Uh, this is something that's been tried and tried uh, before, um, and uh, we put an a, aggressive plan together. Uh, to, to significantly limit the growth in government from year to year. Uh, we were able to get some bipartisan support on it, and uh, the voters will get to make the final decision this fall whether or not they want to limit the growth in government from year to year and put a more reasonable uh, foundation uh, in, in place. And so those were the we, – we ended up dropping some bills just because it wasn't as important as you know, with, with COVID and all. Those were the two main bills that, that I pushed. Had another one that I worked on with Senator Heather Cloud. Uh, I abandoned my bill and, and, and tag, tagged up with her uh, on providing some uh, education, some information to high school students on what the top jobs were available to high school students so that they can start to prepare and whether they want to go to a technical college or a community college or a four-year college, but it'll let them know uh, what the top-paying jobs are out there, what the cost of those that education might be, and so that they, they and their families can sit down and make good decisions for their future and especially with related to COVID I think this is going to be very important we yeah. could have some some new career fields come out of this and uh, by working with the workforce development and with the Department of Education uh, I think I think we're going to end up with some some good information there all right so let's talk also about, let me just ask you a question because I know and and I don't want to keep you too long this morning I know kind of in the, the last few hours, there was finally a deal on tort reform. It does address some of the issues with the jury trial threshold. It gets it down to 10,000. Um, tell me a little bit about how that debate went, because uh, obviously there are a lot of people back home who said, you know, this isn't enough. This Why did we make a deal with the governor? This isn't enough. It seems like it's going to get a signature, um, and it was kind of the biggest thing we were talking about when this the, the original, the actual legislative session actually started so where are we now with it so yeah so uh, we we passed tort reform at the last hour uh in the last couple of hours last night in the regular session we had passed a bill uh that i think uh, a lot of people uh, didn't completely like uh, i think the bill that uh passed yesterday is much more uh, a move in the right direction we were excited to see the language that we saw yesterday. Um, we, we, we moved the jury threshold from 50000 down to $10,000. We are removing the seatbelt gag order. And remember, these two issues were 
pretty much the the two standalone issues over the last eight to ten years. They they were filing legislation to just get one of them passed, and were unable to to get them through. And yesterday we were able to get them plus more on on, on all in the same bill. The other item uh, that was was up for grabs was on direct action and whether or not uh, insurance companies could be named in the suit. And there was there was a bit of a change there. So now the insurance company will will like the so the jury or, or or the trier of fact will actually still know that there's insurance involved, but it will not be able to be brought up in the um, in the court proceedings. Uh, and then the 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 last thing was on on collateral source. Um, and what, what collateral source for your listeners is, is that's the, the actual damages collected for the medical expenses and the formula or, or the lack of formula. In, in Louisiana's uh, case, we didn't have a, a formula to be able to use. It was basically the gross billings by the medical provider that would be used in the, um, in the, in the settlement. And we were able to get those down to the, to the actual cost. Uh, Once it's been uh, adjusted, expensive okay. and then there's a 40 percent calculation on the savings that is also awarded so that would cover all the the attorney fees uh and 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 whatnot so we're looking at as a huge success on, on on tort reform it's it's a there's no one can say we're taking a step back this is you know, many steps forward is it perfect absolutely not but uh, but i believe it's a stepping stone and a, and a move way in the right direction and uh time will tell if it's if it's if it's enough, I'm sure there'll be some tweaking that we'll need to do in the future. Uh, but I think everyone uh, in the legislature felt that, that we moved the needle and made some significant, significant headway. So one of the criticisms of the original bill was that there was no requirement for insurance companies to lower their rates. So how will that happen? Do we just expect that the market's going to respond to these changes on the tort reform side? Or is there something dealing directly with premiums? So there's there's nothing in the bill that says hey there's a, a definite premium reduction. So there's there's nothing that does that. We have basically listened to the the underwriters and actuarial folks who have said that if you do these things, the premiums will in, in, will reduce. You know there was some difficulty with putting mandatory. Uh, putting premium reduction percentages in there. We only have a few people writing automobile insurance on the commercial side already in Louisiana. And if we put mandates, we may run them out. The, the biggest problem is we, around the country, we're known as a, the judicial hellhole. And we're trying to remove that stigma so we get more insurance companies here. But there was no guarantee of percent decrease. And that was the argument with us is tell us, Tell us, you know, how much money we're going to save to, to the penny. And look, Rob, I can't tell you how much premiums we're going to reduce it by, but I can tell you that if we had done nothing, we would have had zero reductions. So this is, I think, a, a, a good start, and we will see over the next couple of years uh, what, what kind of reductions we have. And if there are other things that we need to tweak and talk reform to continue moving the needle, you know, we'll, we'll, I have three more three more years left in my term, uh, and, and I'm going to fight to continue to reduce automobile insurance premiums uh, for the state and, and, and rid ourselves of frivolous lawsuits. All right, District 48 Representative Bobolier, thanks for your time. It's uh, always great to kind of get a summation of what things were after your first session. Obviously, it was a very unique one. The next one will probably be pretty boring. I mean, given that we don't have another pandemic, this one was a little bit odd. But anyway, we appreciate yeah, your well, time today. 
No, you're welcome, and we'll probably be back in October to address budgetary needs. I'm sure. Uh, we, made a, we made a lot of headway there as well, and on, on the way capital outlay is handled, we, we, we redefined that this session. So there, there are a lot of positives that come out of it, but we, by all means, we still have a lot of work to do. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. Politico is reporting that some states have announced cuts to their Medicaid budgets because of the loss of tax revenue, which, of course, is due to the closing down the economy. Now, it's not the first time that states have cut Medicaid spending. It happened during the last economic slowdown. But experts warn this time it's going to be worse. Because under Obamacare, the number of people using Medicaid skyrocketed by millions. Now, that's not bad enough. There are millions of people newly out of work. A bunch of them are going to seek help for Medicaid just as the money is running out. Now, in the first coronavirus bailout legislation, Congress gave states a temporary 6% increase to cover Medicaid. But some states are crying and moaning it's not enough. They need more money. And they don't want chump change. They want billions and billions more. They want hundreds of billions. And they want it now. And the Democrats in Congress, of course, want them to have it now. So you might be asking, well, why don't the states cut their budgets in other areas if Medicaid's such a priority? Or you might ask, where are these billions of dollars supposed to come from? Well, you can ask all you want. There never will be an answer. States want more money. And we're supposed to come up with it. End of story. It's just apparently how it works now. Except for you. You want more money? <laughs> Screw you. You can't even go back to work yet, chump. Folks, it is once again my privilege to join Mahindra in honoring those who have so bravely served our country. It's time for the seventh annual Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. To celebrate our Independence Day, the 4th of July, we will randomly select one deserving service member to receive a new Mahindra 4540 four-wheel drive tractor. It's a real deal. Tough as nails. Compact utility tractor with an impressive loader and three-point lift capacities. So help us find a brave American to receive this rugged Mahindra. To nominate somebody who is active duty or a veteran of the military and to get official rules, visit RushLimbaugh.com and look for the Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. Thanks to Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. And God bless all of you who protect our freedom. Take advantage of rock bottom prices and great financing on new Mahindra subcompact, compact, or utility tractors or Mahindra utility vehicles. To find your dealer and test drive a Mahindra, please visit WhyMahindra.com. Here for you in times of uncertainty. Tracking coronavirus, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on this Town Square Media Station. Team you can rely on even on the darkest days. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. We're working for you on air, behind the scenes every single day. We're following a potential hazmat situation on I-10 this morning. As you get out and hit the road, Bernie's got the information you need to know. Your radio home for news and information for more than 60 years. You know, it's everything I need in the morning. News Talk. 96.5 KPL. All right, it is 6.38 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. A brand new month, July 1st, 2020. And what about getting into the driver's seat, especially on something as important as interviewing the Lafayette police chief, 
to come. Christian Mater joins us from The Current, and that's exactly what you guys are doing with a new form. It's available on your website, and you really get to ask the questions. Good morning. Tell us about it. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, the idea is really to give the, you know, the community at large some kind of voice in what will be a pretty big decision that impacts their lives, right? I mean, um, we expect that the mayor president at some point in the next month or so will we'll, we'll appoint a new police chief. And while that's happening, right, America is having a pretty big conversation about the role of yeah, policing yeah. In, in American communities. So this is a pretty simple process, right? We have a survey up. Uh, on our website, and we ask people to basically imagine they got to interview a candidate, right? And what would they want to know was important to that candidate? What would they want to know that candidate was important to them? And and you know, finally, what 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 are the major considerations that they think ought to be made in selecting a police chief? You know, we look at some of the things that have been successful in our own community, the neighborhood walks and other things, some of which, you know, came into play during uh, Toby Aguilar's time as chief, uh, some by Reggie Thomas as well. What are you guys hearing, you know, kind of as this thing kicks off, some of the general themes you're hearing from people here? Yeah, sure. So we've we've had a, you know, we've, we've been out in public a little bit with it. And um, with about 100 responses so far, we've heard that people really do want community input on those exact kinds of things. So what I mean is, is they make reference to, for instance, the Community Relations Board, uh, which was uh, an instrument that I believe was set up by, by Reggie Thomas and certainly during the Aguilar period, right, which is just a way of giving the community direct uh, lines of communication to the police department, right? So what we do with that is um, you know, basically draft up what we would call an agenda. The project's called the Community Agenda. And we don't, we don't say, you know, police department, you need to have a Community Relations Board, but we make note that the community wants to know what the police chief, what the police department, what the major decision makers are going to do to make sure that community involvement remains, right? Like that's yeah. the, the, the mechanism that we use with the survey. We've seen in some other areas, uh, one of the biggest criticisms is that, you know, and it's not even the officers themselves necessarily, but just the workload that they have to be social workers, they have to be security guards, mm-hmm. they have, I mean, so many different things, you know, sometimes mediators between two feuding lovers i mean you know that it's just it's the things we could write about but a lot of it falls on this police department how much of it is is about focus and and what the role is you know kind of from a thirty thousand foot view yeah uh so i mean that's one of the essential questions that i think i i hope to get out of public response right which is what are the values in our community that need to be reflected in the way the police department works right so so what you're referring to is sort of a larger conversation that we're seeing in other places where they're saying like hey you know, are we really using um, police departments in, this, in the best way? Are we putting too much work on their table? Well, that question really asks another one, which is what are police departments for, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and what are they supposed to do? I mean, I think we all generally agree that, you know, uh, keeping the peace is an essential function of that. But um, we can't really get to that next step of even understanding whether, hey, this we're doing this the right way or there are changes that ought to be made without a platform for discussion. And that, the survey at the end of the day is really a platform for discussion about those very kinds of considerations. So you can go to the website, thecurrentla.com. That's the current's website. And there is a banner at the top. It says, what should policing look like in Lafayette? Tell us. Click on tell us and you can tell them what you think. I'll be looking forward to this story. Christian Mater from The Current. Thanks so much for your time today. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on it. Now. I'm Elizabeth McDonald, and this is the Fox Business Report. 
Private employers created 2.3 million jobs in June. Economists were expecting the reading from payroll processing company ADP to indicate about 3 million new jobs. About 70% of the jobs added were in leisure, hospitality, trade, and construction. Tomorrow, the Labor Department releases the number of people filing for unemployment claims last week and will release the June employment report. Macy's lost money in recent months, though the company says nearly all of its stores have reopened, including in major metropolitan regions. CEO Jeff Jeanette says Macy's does not anticipate another full shutdown. He says it's meeting customers how and where they are shopping. Capri Holdings, parent company of Michael Kors, lost money in its recent quarter, though Wall Street was expecting an even larger loss. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola, invested in you. We started Untuck It to create the perfect untucked shirts, but we had other great ideas too, like super comfortable polos and short sleeve shirts that come out of the dryer looking crisp and wrinkle free. Today, save 25% on all short sleeve button downs and polos, including wrinkle free and sweat wicking performance. So even when it's hot in the shade, you'll feel cool and dry in an Untuck It shirt. Don't miss your chance to save 25% on all short sleeve styles today at your local Untuck It store and at Untuck Home. The Rush Limbaugh Show in Acadiana. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge. Lafayette. It's time to go. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. That's what Seattle police are telling protesters in that no-cop chop zone they took over weeks ago. Fox's Jeff Manasso has details live. Dave, Seattle police on the mayor's orders have moved in with riot gear to clear the area in the city surrounding an abandoned police precinct and occupied by activists like him. CHOP is a family organization of people who love each other, the community that is here, that wants to hold this prison down. Since the occupation began June 8th, residents have fled, two teens killed, three hurt in shootings. Seattle police also report robberies, sexual assaults, and other violent crimes, and a take back this morning. That so far, Dave, has led to over a dozen arrests. Uh, Jeff, protesters have been demanding police be defunded. And in New York City, the NYPD's budget will be trimmed by a billion dollars. The president just tweeted he hopes police don't let the mayor paint a big yellow Black Lives Matter sign on Fifth Avenue, calling it a symbol of hate. President Trump also tweeted earlier the Russia bounty story is a hoax made up. His counselor, Kellyanne Conway, told Fox. This reminds me, uh, oh, of Russia collusion. We've seen this story before. <laughs> there are reports the president was briefed months ago about Russia paying the Taliban to kill U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. And National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien just told Fox. I'm somewhat surprised that uh, uh, the New York Times ran with that story. Uh, the president was not briefed because at the time uh, of the uh, of these allegations, uh, they were uncorroborated. Now, Democrats dispute that, demanding more information. Joe Biden says if the president knew but did nothing, he's unfit for office. An F-16 fighter jet crashed and burned late last night on a training mission at Shaw Air Force Base in South Carolina. The pilot was killed. It is the fourth Air Force crash since May. On Wall Street, Big gains this morning. The Dow's up more than 100 points. Earlier, it went back over 26,000, starting a new quarter after surging 17% April through June. America's listening to Fox News. Paid for by Lose Debts. Attention, this is a very important message to anyone with debt exceeding $10,000. With the worldwide stock markets free-falling, coronavirus being labeled a global pandemic, cities and whole countries in quarantine and layoffs picking up speed, the last thing you need to worry about is your credit card bills. 
Due to the recent global events, a special debt relief helpline has been created for anyone with over $10,000 in debt. But you must call us at 800-805-7728. As banks shore up capital bracing for a recession, they are willing to settle your debt for a fraction of what you owe, making it a perfect time to eliminate your debt and save your money during these tough economic times. There are no upfront fees and we offer a 100% money-back guarantee. But you must call us at 800-805-7728. This opportunity won't last long, so call us today at 800-805-7728. You have enough to worry about. Settle your debt and remove that unneeded stress. 800-805-7728. That's 800-805-7728. Temperatures are looking to get even hotter out there today. It's been a hot week so far and looks like we've got a little bit longer to go before we start to see some clouds and showers arriving, which can cool us down just a little bit. Highs today get up to around 93 degrees. Heat index is going to be sitting well into the triple digits. There's some dust out there yet again coming in from the Sahara, which means it's going to be a little hazy outside. Probably not as thick as it was last week, but again, a noticeable haze out in those skies later this afternoon. Overnight low is going to be sitting in the upper 70s. We've got another hot, dry day coming up for tomorrow. Scattered rain chance is going to be returning to the forecast on Friday with a front that's going to be stalling out basically just across Acadiana, which means that rain chances are going to stay elevated from Friday all the way through the weekend and even into early parts of next work week as well. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5.